Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. He's a professional Twitter troll with a podcasting record of 63 episodes with no losses. Please put your hands together for Nate 14 And introducing his opponent, fighting out of the Guantanamo Orange Corner. He is a master of foreign accents with a black belt in sarcasm. He has a podcasting record of 63 episodes with no losses. He is Glenn Patrick Blakely. Okay, guys, I want a good, clean episode. Dispense only quality rugby league insights at all times and preview all the action for round 26 of the 2011 NRL season. All right, touch gloves, let's make it official. Welcome to episode 63 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Glenn. Housekeeping. First thing, I guess we say thanks to MMA underscore Dave underscore Mac on Twitter. What a legend. For the kind support in uh, helping us out with the intro. <laughs> He's the man for that sort of thing. So, uh, What a cracking idea that was straight off the cuff. It was, it was, because, you know, a bit, of, a bit of inside baseball as far as how the show goes. Inside the, what? The, Inside baseball is the terminology, you know, for like a, a behind-the-scenes look at how things happen. No, no, no. I, I don't think I did get that from a movie. <laughs> but if I did, it was probably one you hadn't seen. <laughs> oh, no doubt. Um, so, probably a movie called Inside Baseball. <laughs> in any case, the way that the show works, generally we've got our notes prepared when we sit down to record. Uh, and the last thing we do before we actually hit record is figure out what the three or four things are that we say at the very top of the show. And, this, and we this, struggle with that every fucking week. This this process can take anywhere from 10 to 50 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, however, tonight... Um, 
not always the well oiled machine people think it is. No, no. If I anyone mean, thinks that. To get that to get that uh, twelve seconds of uh, of questionable gold out every week, uh, <laughs> a lot of a lot of thought and back and forth and uh threats and um censorship goes into it, especially last week. Yeah, there's a lot of censorship. Last week last I had week. about four solid gold ones that I you was just, not you just, confident you just that we were not gonna get sued last week. <laughs> <laughs> um in any case, thanks Dave. Um and if you're in the market for a fight MC, go to fightmc.com.au and you can book Dave for your show. Yes, you can. And uh, Manly Warringah Sea Eagles in Melbourne Storm. <laughs> Look him up. <laughs> now, uh, housekeeping again. It's just over one week until the Jabra Finals Fantasy Football Competition actually starts and the uh, fantasy shit gets real. So enter now for free at bit.ly, B-I-T L-Y forward slash Twill Fantasy. It's, uh, that'll take you to the Supercoach website um, with our code preloaded for the competition, so you won't need to uh, worry about that. And um, I haven't had a look at how many we've got in there. Over, I haven't looked for about a week, but I know we had over 50 there. Yeah, it's, it's well over 50 now. Yeah, so um, we're going to we're gonna have about 10 prizes, I think, uh, at least, I think, to give away. So, uh, pretty good odds at the moment. One in five, as it stands. Well, I mean, I haven't looked at That's it. That's pretty recently. good ratio. It's a very good ratio. So, uh, you know, I'd like to see people, you know, I want to see like 200 people That's better than the Cronulla Sharks winning ratio. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, I mean, you know, anything, you know, you can't, you can't create an average until you've actually got that one there. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so, uh, and in another special development with the, uh, the good people at Jabra is, um, our little friend, Sven. Yes. Uh, might get a date with Sven, allegedly. Asterisk. <laughs> That's not going to happen. It might be someone dressed up as Sven. Well, I mean, you know, I could cover you in cover you in, uh, you know, epoxy resin and you know, some you know, fashion you into a plastic oh, shape. You have to be about fourteen coats of epoxy <laughs> resin and buffed up. <laughs> Give me some plastic hair and a glaze. <laughs> and a glaze. <laughs> and a sexy accent. <laughs> well, you're all over the accent. Um, I love it. <laughs> Well, that's the only thing you've actually got going for the same thing, <laughs> the accent. Um, but what else can they win? No, that's it. Just Sven. A date with Sven, allegedly. And a $150 Jabra Sport corded headset. It's not corded, no. We're oh, the Jabra Sport we're is a cordless we're, one. We're doing it? the Bluetooth wireless ones. I mean, the cordless ones are out now in the shops. Uh, I think they came out last Thursday. But, yeah, we're giving away the, we're giving away the deluxe ones. The primo. I, mean, I can't remember off the top of my head how much the quarter ones were worth, but I think it was in the vicinity sort of 60, 70 bucks. Yeah, I think. That's right. However, these and the are. The Bluetooth's 150. Yeah, they're worth 150 bucks. So um, we're giving 10 of those bad boys away. Um, and what's going to happen is over the over the, the weeks of the finals, uh, whoever gets the top score that week, not necessarily who's on top of the ladder, but who gets. Obviously, in the first week, it'll be who's on top of the ladder. Mm-hmm. But going forward, it'll just be the person who gets the top score that week. They're going to score one, plus we'll pick someone randomly just uh, who's entered, and they'll score one as well. And we can't win. And we can't win, which is a shame, which means we'll probably pick the third best person every week. She's <laughs> <laughs> <Jeez>, wrapping us <laughs> up. But, uh, yeah. Get on bit.ly, B-I-T dot L, bit.ly forward slash twill fantasy, T-W-I-L fantasy. That'll get you in there. It's free to enter. What do you got to lose except your dignity when you come last? Because <coughs> it's going to happen but to Apart someone. from that, there's lots you can win. Exactly. Um, and the other thing I had on here, which I haven't spoken to you about, and I actually probably should have in, in advance. Excellent. The annual Twilly Awards. 
they're coming gonna, up. They're going to be coming up soon, like you know, in a month or so. So I think we need to start thinking about a month. Yeah, did we have them at the very end of the season last year? Did we, I think we didn't we do them after the grand final? I can't remember. This is fucking professionalism. It I is. Can't yeah, I think we. Well, the grand final is only one match to report, and there's no matches coming forward that next week. So I mean, we can devote the show. Yeah, that's true. To the Twillies. Um, so we'll do it for the the, the grand final recap episode. Uh, now we need to think about obviously uh, categories from last year will be returning. Some of them, no doubt. Well, I think I think all of them probably will be. What won't be? Oh, the revelation. Well, yeah, the revelation. It's just going to be something different, isn't it? Not for me. Well, no, it's not going to be the one you want it to be. <laughs> I mean, you know, he's not exactly covering himself in glory this year. Yeah. I, mean, I don't want to say too much. I mean, without without you know without a shadow of a doubt, it's probably going to be Daily Cherry Evans, but. <laughs> But we need to figure out a way to get the finalists for every category. Yes. So I propose that uh, maybe we'll stick it up on the website and we'll let people have their say. I concur. And uh, we'll come up with the finalists. I like that idea. Through a combination of listener input and, you know, our own ideas. Because obviously, if the listeners are going to band together and say, you know, Adrian Pertel should fucking win something... That's not going to happen. That, that's, I will ensure that doesn't yeah, happen. Yeah, I mean, we, we want, we want I'll serious... I'll rig that until the cows come home yeah. to save Andrew, uh, Adrian Pertel. Oh, Andrew, that's his lesser-known brother who was a much better footballer. <laughs> <laughs> save that fucking nufty winning anything. So, yeah, so that's what we're going to do. Um, we'll figure it out over the next week or so, uh, how it's going to work. We might do um, one at a time. I'll do it over Twitter and Facebook and, you know, get the input that way. I haven't decided yet, but that's coming. So be be prepared to uh, start thinking about... If it takes us between 10 and 50 minutes to come up with fucking 12 seconds yes. of bullshit at the start of every show... Yes. Fuck, do we have to go into a, some sort of Camp David-type bunker situation to come up with the Tooley Awards or what? No, because that's why we're, that's why we're off, offsetting the labour onto the listeners. So we don't have to do it. What the fuck are they going to come up with? <laughs> I guess we'll find out. <laughs> the Battle of Brookvale. There's not a single person who's listening to this show right now and a couple who aren't that, don't, <laughs> that, that uh, don't know every single thing that we're talking about here as far as the uh, the, the massive brawl, um, two brawls that took place in the Manly Storm game on Friday night. Fantastic stuff it was. However... You'd have to be deaf, dumb, blind and Amish to not have heard about this. Let's face it, even uh, you know on CNN and things like that, they had it. I mean, it went international. The best advertisement for the game of rugby league. <laughs> I'm not that, so sure about that. That, that anyway. there has ever been, apart from things like you know, um, when MG you know squared off against Wally Wanker in the Origin that time that they always. Why tried must out. you do that? Why must you use these provocative terms? What provocative terms? Is that Wally Wanker. That's his name. It's not his fucking name. What was his given name? From you. You don't yeah, count. Yeah, Let's continue, shall we? Yeah. So we when, have a reenactment. Yeah. So when MG uh, squared off against Wally Wanker, <laughs> um, Terry Hill obviously got you know was involved in there. You know, you had your big battles. You know, with uh, Spud and um, and Chief, all that kind of stuff. Is you you know, the fans love it. This it is bigger than all This is uh, probably yeah possibly bigger. Although you see, some, I mean, we've been watching some shows and there's been a lot of all in brawls. There's been a lot 
worse than <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, like as far as the, the number of punches thrown, landed, damage done, etc., etc., etc. Anyway, the consequences um, are starting to come to light at the time of recording. Uh, there were ten players um, cited as a judiciary. Most of them are missing, you know, pleading guilty early and missing like a game or two games at the most. Um, I can't speak for the Storm players. I know Sikamanu, he's going to miss a game. Uh, Sisawanga, he's going to miss a game. Um, Norrie didn't get cited, did he? I don't think. He was on the he bench. He was in there somewhere. Yeah, he was off the bench, but I don't think... Was he on? Was he charged? I don't think he was. Uh, I know uh, Brett Stewart's uh, taking an early guilty plea, getting a week. Uh, Foran, same for him. Uh, Michael Robertson taking an early guilty plea, considering this is the first time he's ever been cited for anything. He's, uh, he's going to walk... Uh, which basically leaves... Kieran, uh, Robertson or Kieran Foran? Kieran Foran's uh, getting a week and Robertson's okay. getting nothing. Zero, yeah. Yeah, and um, which basically leaves with Glenn Stewart and Adam Blair, who were referred directly to the judiciary. Um, the media's trying to say they're facing season-ending bans. I've noticed that since then, as time goes by, the you know the, 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 way, the, the way it's told is they could jeopardise their season, they could miss the finals... Whereas yesterday or the day before it was season they're gone ending. for the season and Adam Blair maybe, you know, may miss some of his time at the West Tigers as well. Oh, he's played his last game for the Storm, blah, blah, blah. Not the case. As as uh, I guess as people start to settle down and, you know, the you know, the hyperbole starts to settle down and all the the righteous fuckwits start, you know, backing I don't know down. That the media started to settle down. Well they're gaining I, steam. Yeah, but as far as the punishments, their language has changed over the last 24 hours. It's gone from guaranteed season ending to maybe, and they just keep backing down because the more commentators speak, the more of them are starting to come from the perspective that has been exaggerated. Like before we came to record tonight, we were sitting out there watching, was it the back page that was called on Foxtel? All those guys are pretty much... Not for it, but they were—they certainly weren't. Never major problem they, they, with it. Yeah, they didn't have a major problem with it. I mean, no, no one's for it in terms of you know it must happen. Like ice hockey, it must you know it has to happen. It's a it's a entrenched part of the game. Mm. However, no, a lot of the commentators, you know, with a few exceptions, a few notable exceptions, are, are really too too far against it. Where, where do you sit? Like, this might be hard to differentiate for for any any fan of a team that was involved in this, but. Where do you sit as a footy fan, first and foremost? Like, take yourself out of the equation as a manly supporter, yeah, and look at it from the perspective of a footy fan, yeah, and imagine it was two teams, not not manly, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I fucking can, love it. Can you do that? Yeah, it should, yeah. I would yeah. love it. I wouldn't care who the teams were smacking into each other. Yeah, I mean, there there is no denying that it was like massively exciting. I to see. I agree. I look at it and go, "Wow, that was that was intense." Yeah, right. And and I have to say, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I thought it was good. It was exciting. Um, like you said earlier tonight, it was an adrenaline rush. Um, well, yeah. What I was having said that, I don't think it's a blight on the game, and I don't think it, it, it's it jeopardizes the future of rugby league and some of the absolute tripe that's been trotted out by yeah. the media, right? But I can see the angle that. It may have an effect on mums. It may have an effect on potential sponsors that aren't currently involved in rugby league. We don't have an issue with it, but we're not the people that are, that rugby league is trying to cater to to grow its viewing audience. Yeah, but I mean, ask your wife. What did she say? She Simone was like, 
oh, there's going to be trouble over this, but she didn't care. Yeah, Nicklin probably was along a similar sort of line in that she didn't really care. I don't yeah. think it, that's going to really stop her allowing Jackson to play rugby league. Things like, which we'll get to later, but things like Tarek Sims's leg and yeah. concussions, yeah. that makes her go... Well, see, like, well seeing like, you know, seeing like Hilda or something like that. Yeah. With like, like a fucking head like you've been bitten by a shark or hit with an axe or something. Exactly. Yeah. I, this, this doesn't really jeopardise that side of things, but... Um, I just I I can see the angle there, but at the end of the day, if you've got someone that's a casual observer of the game and looks at that and says, "I'm not going to watch rugby league," I don't think it's any great loss. If yeah. someone's going to look at everything rugby league has to offer, and that's part of the mix that they look at, yeah, maybe the, it probably downgrades the rating, you know, a percentage of a star, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. But rugby league is a game. It's a game that we love. It's it's a game that you know, smashes all sorts of uh, viewing records, ratings, all the rest of it on TV, and will continue to do so. It's a really strong product. I just, I hate the media's um, tendency to to really jump on on board the the naysayer bandwagon and yeah. and want to and that's jump, a, and jump that's on a, rugby league at every opportunity. Well, that's a, that's, that's a byproduct of having a weakest piss administration. Mm. I mean, I hate to I hate to give credit to the AFL because I mean, as as a sport, you know. Australian rules doesn't interest me in the slightest. Then that you know. shit's like a fucking mafia, man. Yeah. However, media Dimitri, smacks down on them. They, they just get blackballed. Andrew, Andrew Dimitri, <laughs> you, you say anything about uh, in AFL? Your fucking publication, or you as a journalist, a persona non grata. Mm. Your publication doesn't get any anything that they want, and that's it. And it's over. And that's why that you very very rarely. That's why Ben Cousins could. You know, he was like Todd Carney to the power of ten. Yeah. However, he didn't get into anything <laughs> until... Can't he look like an altar boy? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and that's why the whole thing with, um, you know, the St. Kilda schoolgirl and everything, I mean, that started to blow up, you know, but how much stuff had happened before that actually mm. blew up and became a thing? It was ridiculous. However, David Gallup, he just sits there, The thing, that, that blew up when people other than sports journalists got on it. Yeah. And, I mean, <laughs> who, David, who Gallup bend, David, David Gallup bends over and lets the fucking Telegraph, Daily Telegraph print whatever they want. I mean, as evidenced by last week, the ridiculous shit about Liam Fulton perving on a yoga instructor's ass. Yeah. Well, that's not a fucking story. That's, I mean, then there were stories when Todd Carney was first getting into trouble earlier this season. Well had oh, a headline, Todd... Liam Fulton is human. Yeah. And I mean, when Todd Carney was, uh, when he got into trouble earlier in the season, it was like, well, Todd Carney's mind's not on football because he was snapped going into a tattoo parlor at Bondi. Mm. Motherfucker can get a tattoo on his day off. I mean, it's fucking bullshit. Um, and it just shows, shows that David Gallup is weak as piss as a leader. And if he's on the uh, commission, if he, I mean, he's obviously, you know, lobbying to sort of become the initial leader chairman. and the, the chairman of the commission. No way. You need a clean break and get away from the ridiculous shit that this moron's carried on with over his entire term. Um, now, let's go through the charges and we'll just sort of uh, speak about, you know, whether you think, you know, of the char- what you think of the charge, whether there was any good. Uh, Michael Robertson, I mean, you know, nothing. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's go back to the start. Let's go, I'll oh, we'll go through the charges as far as they, how they started. First, Ryan Hinchcliffe, nothing for his elbow at all. Which was strange because he did, de- it definitely looked he behind looked, him. He looked back and threw it. his elbow and threw it. Yeah, so, exactly. So that's an elbow. So, so he gets nothing. So the fact that he wasn't, he wasn't charged with anything. Which, which started the whole fucking thing. Exactly. <laughs> he hadn't thrown that elbow, nothing would have happened. Yeah. Or maybe, you know, something would happen later. But I mean, it wasn't a powder keg at that time. No. It was literally that one incident set it off. I think there was there was always going to be some sort of altercation in that game. Yeah. But when you look at 
and, and say what you want about Darcy Lussick, but you look at the elbow yeah. and Lussick's reaction to the elbow, yeah. that, that, that was a catalyst for this whole fucking shitstorm. Oh, it was, you know, I would imagine if it was Adam Blair and, and Glenn Stewart going at it, you know, into a scrum or something like that. Yeah, it all sort of dies down. But it, the fact that that happened in a play the ball, so it had the other players had to run ten meters yeah, and yeah. stuff to get involved, and it, it just really accentuated the fact Cause that, of, that, of uh, what was a pretty emotional night anyway. However, that it was an emotional night, but at that point in the game, it was only um, it was Melbourne's first set with the ball after. Wolfman had been stretched off and mm. the play had been held up about 10 minutes. Yeah. So the game was at its absolutely least emotional and, it was like, in a and, fren- and frenetic. And it had was, been for 10 minutes. It was almost like they were starting again from scratch. The commentators were starting to talk about him having to jump around to keep warm. Yeah. Like, yeah. So these guys weren't exactly on it. So it wasn't like there was anything leading up to it. It was literally no. one elbow that shouldn't have been thrown, kicked off the whole thing off. And anyway, Hinchcliffe's not there. So I think it's a disgrace that he's not on the sheet. Because after that, he—I mean, he—he he, I mean, he was outmatched, but he tried to go on with it as well. I mean, he was certainly a willing participant in what was to follow. Um, now we'll go over to the next person at the start, <laughs> Darcy Lussick. Fucking talk about arriving on the scene with a bang. Love the guy. This fighting aside, he played an excellent game. I mean, he's awesome. I can't wait to see him play more. He was fantastic. His, his involvement in in the incidents that we that we're talking about. Like you say, take them out of the equation. He had a fucking cracker of a game. Cracker of a game. Uh, I love the fact, I loved it when he bitch slapped Hinchcliffe in the head. This is classic. It's just like, no respect for Hinchcliffe as a man. He's just like, open hand, bitch slapped him. And then What he got I up. was impressed with as someone that is obviously... Enjoys boxing. Is, sorry? Enjoys boxing. Yeah. I, I love it. It's one of my absolute favourite things in, in the world. But the fact that there was no traditional rugby league jump a grab, pull the guy down and throw uppercuts wildly. Yeah. It was find your range with, well, there were a couple of bitch slaps aside, find yeah. your range with the left yeah. and fucking bang, right on the button. Yeah. It was beautiful. And it was, uh, it was, for a young guy, didn't take a backwards step no. and then thought, well, you know what? If you're going to throw elbows, cop this. Yep, yep. <laughs> and I'd love to, love to be a fly on the wall to hear what was said because obviously Hitchliff kept mouthing off and it just kept, put, yeah. you know, and Lussie just kept becoming less and less satisfied with how it was ter- how, how the incident was turning out. So he decided to start throwing the punches. Now the next one in was uh, oh mate Adam Blair. Yeah, he came in with the um, the the manly act of uppercutting Lussick from the side as he was trying to. Was it from Hinchcliffe. the side though? I, I've seen that reported a few times, but the- he came in from Lussick's left. As you know, if you're looking from Lusik, so he came in from the right and just started throwing uppercuts as Lusik was Lusik was I focused saw on one uppercut, uh, uppercut, upper tuck. I don't know what that is. <laughs> That's a special kind of punch. Um, I saw one uppercut in particular which didn't miss. No, but I couldn't really. So I can't really comment on whether Lusik saw it coming, whether he was expecting it, whether Blair was had hold of him at that stage or what, because Blair. Doesn't mind a bit of the jumper. Grab yeah, Blair, Blair had him by the Blair had him by the the neck of the jumper. Didn't miss that out. one. No, no. Um, and you could see because I mean, like you know, looks like you know busted lip or whatever. You know, yeah. there's like blood coming out of his mouth and everything like that. Um, and following that, we had uh, who came in? Glenn, Glenn Stewart. He came in, and you can see that he came in and just literally just like bear hugged Blair and pulled him off which is the right thing to do in that situation, I thought. Um, 
And at this time, the referees started getting in and, you know, they this all started to simmer down and they kind of got the teams apart. You don't think Glenn Stewart threw a sneaky one over the back either at that point when he was coming in oh, from inside? He may have, but I mean, his first action was to bear hug Blair and rip him off. He didn't come in and throw a punch. Blair might have then turned around and been like, all right, <laughs> you know. What you know? Let's go, and then and then he may throw one then. But I mean, his first action was just to grab Blair and like chuck him off, and then okay, so the teams were separated at that point, um, and then we had the you know the big incident. Stuart Simbin first, he walks off the field. Uh, Blair Simbin secondly, he runs off the field. Jogs. Glenn Stewart was walking very Catches. slowly, knowing full well what was coming. He didn't know. He he didn't know Blair was coming until. He heard Blair coming. You can see when you can see the moment when he knew, and it was when he would have heard the footsteps. You know, like you know, probably five meters behind him. That's the first time he sort of goes like, "Oh," and then turned around, and then he saw him coming. I mean, he wasn't like looking back the whole time, going. <laughs> he looked back two or three times before Blair got there. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, he he didn't he didn't look until the guy until he was like you know five meters away from him either. Like so, I mean, he looked because he heard him coming, like trotting up behind him. That's 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 why he that's why he looked, and then he didn't say. I'm anything. pretty sure he walks faster than that normal. Well, maybe, but I mean, he didn't say anything. Might have been tired. Blair said something because you see the Channel 9 angle or the, the angle they show, the main one is when the players are walking towards the camera with the camera being on the sideline. Then there's the other angle which was like on the sideline facing, I don't know whose who's angle that was, but it was on the sideline facing sort of towards like towards Glenn Stewart's face. Mm-hmm. And you see his face, he doesn't actually really say anything. And Blair, you see Blair say something and Stewart kind of has this look of like kind of surprise on his face like you want it, you reckon? And then boom, it's on. Obviously, they didn't hit anything. Um, <laughs> so that's the second. So that's the next part, and that's and the part that's the part that's got those got those two referred uh, directly to the judiciary. Not a lot of uh, sufficient. Uh, not a lot of uh, sound technique was displayed by either man. No, it was windmills. Um, they, they were willing. They could have been. They it was were, a bit behind them. They were willing, but I mean, it could have been three o'clock outside a pub too for all the accuracy and technique on display. Uh, then. Obviously, because Manly had the penalty been reversed, Manly had the penalty. They were standing about thirty meters out, waiting for the goal kick. They see what's going on and start running over, and it's clearly it's the fastest guys in the team, like the wingers and that fullback, that get there first. Um, pull Blair off. Uh, I think I think Darcy might have given him a couple of sneaky ones um, at that point. It was Darcy. I'm not sure who the other bloke was. Foreign was... Foreign tackled him. He Foreign is the one that tackled him to There's the ground. Two blokes. I don't I honestly can't say. And I'd have I, to have a, I have a feeling it was Darcy and Glenn. No, it was there was another two two of the guys that come in. Brett Stewart's fucking diving ninja well, style. Yeah, he was fucking, out of it. He was out of the play at that stage, so I don't think it would. He been was him. first on the scene. Yeah, but he went for this crossbody block, um, <laughs> the you know, like what? WWF style, <laughs> to go for the pin. <laughs> um, <laughs> missed it. Well, actually, I, I I saw I heard on the sports ears that um. That Jamie Lyon actually said to Brett Stewart, I bet you can't high jump over those two. And Brett, oh, Stewart, and Brett Stewart's gone, fuck, I can say. And he gave it a good crack. Didn't didn't quite get there in the end, but he gave it a decent shot. Ridiculous. Um, but there was another one. There was at least two of them throwing punches while yeah, the ruckus was on the ground. It wasn't Glenn Stewart. Uh, I don't know, because Foran is the one that tackled him to the ground. So I don't think it would. I don't think it could have been Foran, but we'll have to have a look. But uh, that only leaves that only leaves Wangman, and he got a you know well with a with a guilty early guilty plea, he got a scot free. So I'm not you know I don't know. But I mean, definitely Darcy was in there fucking with the Pistons. 
and rightfully so too, because he got cheap shot and back at the other end of the field. Uh, then we had a couple of players, uh, the, the the Storm guys. They they fucking dobbed themselves into the guys on the bench because they came on wearing tracksuits. So they're pretty obvious. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty obvious who the tracksuit wearing guys were, and um, and the fact that they weren't people on the field separating yeah. out. So they dumped themselves all in the shit. Um, and I heard that um, that yeah, Sisawanga had. I can't believe he's he got a grade two detrimental conduct charge. Didn't see his involvement. Uh, well, really, I saw him being. Sort of, you know, at the very end, when it was all done. Well, from down, what from what I heard is that the the reason he got he got cited was because he actually was charged. He was charged with running onto the field and pulling a player off. That's fucking disgusting. That's a, <laughs> and that's and that's and that's and that's sexual assault. Anyway, you put it. <laughs> Um, so I mean, obviously the cameras didn't That's pick that up. Wonking. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the um, the you know that's disgusting, and obviously the cameras didn't pick that up. So it must have been from a touch judge report. But uh, yeah, that's just take a good look at yourself, sis. That's that's just terrible. <laughs> so the charges, Robertson, you happy with that? Dang, I mean, he got he, he, two. Contrary, Zero weeks. Con- contrary, contrary, contrary conduct, grey one. It would have been a week, but he, the early guilty plea because of his yeah. spotless record, no no time off. Kieran came in. He had a grade two contrary, contrary conduct. So, um, Look, as far as I'm concerned, first and foremost, Glenn Stewart, Adam Blair, and Darcy Lussick need to go. They, something has to happen to them. They can't get off scot-free, given the fact that it was... Given the fact that it, it's created so much attention, it wasn't a good look for the game, regardless of whether we thought it was great or not. Oh yeah, but I mean the judiciary—they, they, I mean they can't ban, you know, they can't ban someone based on what it, looks like, what it looks like, what it looks like to the game. Contrary to conduct, bringing the game into disrepute. Of course they can. They, their, their, their job is to say if they, you know, did they break the rules? To what level did they break the rules? And you know, what's the, the penalties that we have laid out for the, the breaching the rules like that? But they, there is rules. Concerning contrary conduct and bringing the game to disrepute, and it's like, what's the difference between detrimental conduct and contrary conduct? Oh, I don't know terminology, a few syllables. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what, I my my key points in this whole thing is, without your maroon and white glasses, and this is very fucking hard for you because I know they are welded onto your head. <laughs> but can you say that that Blair's actions differed? All that greatly to Glenn Stewart's actions, so really their their punishment should be equal. So sorry, what was that? Can I say that what? Can, can you fucking try and keep up? No, can whose actions? Can you say that really that Adam Blair's actions differed greatly to Glenn Stewart's actions? Yeah, absolutely. And that's <laughs> without why, your glasses on. No, 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 and that's why he's got an extra charge on top because he was in the first one, <clears throat> third man in. He was literally the third man in. And people want to go, oh, blah, third meeting, third day, fucking wah, wah, wah. Shut up, is my first point to them. But the set, my second <laughs> but my second point is Blair was literally the third guy in. That was a two-man fight between Hinchliffe and Lusick. Blair was the third man in. Therefore, as prescribed by the, the rules, that's why he's copped that additional charge, the, uh, the, okay. the grade two striking charge. Fair call. So, yeah, he did, he did do worse. Because Glenn Stewart, I mean, he, he didn't... He, didn't start really throwing. He didn't start throwing until on the sideline, and that's why they got. You know, that's the referred charge. I think there was a bit going on in the uh, in the melee, if you will, that the cameras didn't quite capture. So there was a lot of blokes pissed off in there. There was some punches being thrown in there. Oh, I mean, there, was, there, were, there were people. You know, there were people. Um, you know, pushing. But so based on what we saw Jamie on the sideline, I'm not sure they would have been overly 
accurate or damaging. No. Fuck no. Well, maybe There's one thing I know. I know how to hit. <laughs> <laughs> I know how to throw a punch. And uh, those guys, I reckon, if they actually lined you up and hit you with all they could, there's, there's, you'd be asleep for approximately oh, eight minutes. Oh, Blair more so than Stuart because, he, I mean, he's like, you know, 30% bigger. Yeah. I mean, it was <laughs> it was a welterweight taking on a heavy. I wouldn't want um, Glenn Stewart to line me up and punch me in the face as hard as he could either. Yeah, no, well, he's not. Yeah. He's, he's a strong man. Well, anyone is gonna, who punches in your face as hard as they can is going to, you know, it's well, going to leave a mark. I'd cop what you got to give me. <laughs> My other point was, and I know I've heard plenty of people say it, but how anyone can say that the manly players, whether they were closer than the Melbourne players or not, how the manly players ran in to pr- protect Glenn Stewart, yeah, in a one-on-one altercation, yeah, he's having a one-on-one mano o mano. Confrontation it's, on the sideline, yeah, and five of his mates ran in to protect him from Adam Blair. Well, they all did. Just five of them got there first. Well, okay, and the Storm players did too. They got there second. That's what it comes down to. But they weren't running in to to break it up. There was at least two of them throwing punches while yeah. Melee was on the ground. I don't think they were throwing punches at Glenn Stewart. The point I'd like to make is, which makes it six on one, five on one at the very least. Yeah, if you take Robertson out of the equation. Yeah. Well, no, it's the five-on-one if he's in the equation. From a one-on-one altercation, he must have been getting a savage touch-up, which I didn't see, if they felt the need to protect him from a one-on-one altercation. Mate, I tell you, on if we were out in the piss and there was a group of five of us out in the piss and you went to get a drink and some guy fucking smashed you, you better believe that within a millisecond I would be in there fucking giving that <laughs> kicking. Really? Without, without question. Without fucking If question. someone king hit me, yeah? This is... If you were a, if it was a, a situation where I'd had an, a, a disagreement stand, with someone, I'm not going to stand back and, and we're oh, standing toe to toe and punches are being thrown. I'm not going to fucking stand. I'm not going to stand back and, and stand for that shit. I'm going to fucking put that dude down. You're not going to let me handle my business. Oh, fuck no. This is not. If Mar- I'm getting a touch, I expect you to come and give me a hand. This is not. This is not fucking Marky. This is not fucking you know Marks to Queensbury bullshit. This is not in an octagon where there's like <laughs> fucking rules governing how this shit should play out. It's not. I mean. Even it's not even ice hockey where they have you know more rules covering um, you know the emergence of my you know, take on that is stuff. I'll back my mates to the hilt and I'll defend them to as as you know as far as the day is long. But I just I, I don't like the uneven odds sort of thing. I'll even the odds every day of the week. But Mate, if it's it's one on one, and you know, and say we say there were two groups of five, our group and their group. We came in and kicked the fuck out of that guy, and if their group sat, you know, sat back on their on their heels, you know, <laughs> pissing in their pants, tough. I'm not sure that's what happened at Brookvale, but anyway. Well, they weren't there, and I'm fucking proud of the way that they stuck together as a unit and defended their teammate. And I'd hope they'd do it again if it happened again. And it's the way I'd handle it if I saw it. If, We're gonna if, have to disagree on that. I didn't feel that there was any need for five blokes to run in when it's, and it's, it's, and it's interesting. two grain men going and it's, hammer and it's interesting, and tongs. And it's interesting to hear. And it's interesting to hear that that's your, that that you wouldn't come in and grab the back of him, mate. That you cannot take it like that. You I've just, just said it. Sorry, you just said it. If two guys are going toe to toe. You're not going to jump in. I don't see the. I wouldn't see the need if it's one on one. Gay hardest boys, mate. If I seriously? thought you were getting a touch up, I'd hold even the odds. No worries. But you're a big boy. <laughs> You're not, you're not, but I mean, even, even so. <laughs> I would have, I would, my mates would probably give me the benefit of the doubt until I, uh, it was proven, it was proven that I was uh, out of my depth and they'd come and even the odds for me. Wouldn't even matter if you're out of your depth. <laughs> I was fucking, I mean, why, why take any, why take more, you know, any unnecessary punishment you don't need to take? Put the down, put him out. 
Get back to drinking. Problem solved. I think we're both uh, we're both coming from the same sort of territory, but uh, we have a slightly different spin on things. <laughs> so yeah, and very indicative. Clearly, it's very for indicative. six blokes to run in, clearly Adam Blair four, really does six. Four. Let's not exaggerate. Name the six. Sorry. Name this fucking six. If there's six that ran in, who were the six? Kieran Foran, Michael Robinson, Brett Stewart, Glenn Stewart, Darcy. Glenn Lussie. Stewart was didn't run in. He was fucking there fighting. Yeah, but I'm saying it's. You said five six, on, well, there's five on one. You said six guys ran in, four guys ran in. Oh, fuck's sake. Get it right. You sound fuck like you. you're sounding like a fucking Bronco supporter oh, the way you're, you're going. You're sounding like a fucking manly supporter, and I'm getting sick of it. Sixty-three episodes <laughs> of this shit. <laughs> clearly, Adam Blair does have the strength of six men, like the Tigers thought he did. <laughs> well, clearly he doesn't, and unfortunately, he's not going to play for him in the trials. I'd say the way he's going. That's he's, all right. He's pleading guilty too. <laughs> As he should. Are you kidding? What's there to defend in any of that? Well, I guess, I mean, he's already accepted the, the two weeks that he's going to get for the striking. I, I, I find it hard to believe that Glenn Stewart's pleading not guilty. Obviously, Johnny Cochran's there. He's going to, rock, <laughs> he's going to, he's going to bring it. He's going to dig him up. He's going to bring out the Chewbacca defense. And, um, and there's, if the glove don't fit, <laughs> if the boxing it, glove don't fit, he's going to bring, must acquit. He's going to bring out the glove. He's going to, he's going to bring out the Chewbacca defense. Um, Obviously, they've got something, you know, they've got something up their sleeve. It's fucking ludicrous. But, um, at the end of the day, take responsibility for your actions, cop it on the chin and fucking move on. At the end of the day, There's I think... There's nothing to fight. At the end of the day, I think that fucking, the, you know, send-off is sufficient. For both, I was, for I both, was surprised for, for that, the, that the suspensions got handed down. I would have thought they went... They're big boys. It was a heat-of-the-moment thing. They've been sent off. There was enough penalty to their team, specifically for Melbourne. And, um, and it's very, te- it's very the telling. The country contact stuff will come into it. So, I've, and I've watched it tons, a ton of times um, since. And it's very interesting that when it's happening, the commentators uh, for Channel Nine weren't going over the top like, "Yeah, oh yeah, it's amazing." But you know, they kind of were a bit. They, they, going... they had Joey's mic turned down. It was Joe? It was no, Joey. Joey, uh, Joey was at the other game. Not <laughs> Joey. Who was on the Who's on the sideline? If If Joey's not, I can't remember. They had someone's mic turned down, and, and they were. Laughing it up, gleefully. Yeah. yeah, was that was that the sideline person? or Was that crowd noise? I thought I thought that was crowd. It noise. seemed to be. That's the way I took it. It sounds very much like when you mute me. And <laughs> <laughs> hey, you still hear me like, through your like, mic, like uh, this entire episode <laughs> uh, up, up till now. Um, anyway, let's move on from this, shall we? We've spoken about it long enough. But well, so what I want to say though was the channel oh, nine guys. Go. They weren't they weren't going like they weren't going over the top like oh yeah that's amazing. But they didn't say anything about it. they. They clearly didn't expect anything to come out of it because they didn't say anything about. Whoa, this is going to see massive suspensions. I think they might have thought that, that something might have come out of it, so they didn't want to inflame the situation oh. during commentary. But oh, what being media people, they didn't want to inflame the situation. Channel Nine guys generally, you know how they know as well as anyone how they can influence the rest of the media's perception based on their immediate reaction to it, and they tend to, at times with certain situations, tend to leave it be until the. Judiciary takes its course. The Channel 9 guys, I'm saying. I was going to say, I think you're giving them far too much credit. <laughs> Newspapers know the Channel 9 guys, specifically the ex-players and people like Gus, yeah, etc., yeah. tend to uh, give it a bit of a wide berth at times. So, final comment. That's it. I don't mind such guys showing passion for the, love for the occasion. Who was it? That we I don't have an issue with it. The, I can understand how some people might, but if you're only going to judge your perception of rugby league based on that one event, then... Probably don't need you as a supporter. Go play for the Greater Western Sydney AFL side, seriously. <laughs> um, but if you're going to judge the game as a whole, with that included, and yes, it probably will detract a little bit from your um, 
from your perception, but as a whole, I think the game's great. That's why I love it, and I don't think they've got too much to worry about. Who was talking about, was it uh, on the back page, was it Billy Birmingham, who's talking about, you know, the fact that rugby league, um, you know, it has this X factor to it, about, you know, you know, when shit gets, you know, when tempers flare and, you know, like, and teams lift and, you know, the defence gets aggressive, and that X factor's been missing. In the per- I can't remember who it was um, who said it, but it was one of the guys on the on the the back page panel, um, and yeah, they said that, that sort of thing has been missing from the game in recent in recent times, and this brought it back massively. And as a result, I mean, it was all anyone was talking about that you know, yeah. like that other game. I mean, there was a golden point thriller happening in the other game, and no one no one, no one knew. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and just like the adrenaline burst of the actual game was you know it was like the second half I can hardly remember a single thing that happened because I was just like it's just like that adrenaline hit and then it started well, I to expected off a bit about, more actually I expected after they got sent off I expected a little bit more but it didn't quite pan out that way Manly anyway can tries, we stop talking got... about it now I'm sick of it uh yeah I'm happy to stop talking about it excellent um, I'm glad you know we've we've both had our say we've addressed it and uh and people on Twitter have certainly had their say and uh Mostly Broncos fans who got Manly next week. Funnily enough. <laughs> next story. Speaking of fighting. Oh, Anthony Watts' charges have been withdrawn. Former National Rugby League player Anthony Watts says he wants to return to playing football after an assault charge against him was dropped. The ex-Roosters hooker briefly appeared in Waverley local court today expecting to face a hearing over an alleged incident with his partner Shannon Kiss four months ago. But police dropped the case against him and the magistrate, Robert Williams, withdrew and dismissed the charge, as well as a related apprehended violence order. The 24-year-old who had lived in Coogee pleaded not guilty to assaulting Miss Kiss and occasioning her actual bodily harm in the early hours of April 17. Um, Previously, Watts' lawyer, and this is the crux of why the charges were dismissed, his lawyer, Stephen Alexander, told the court that evidence indicated Miss Kiss had refused to give a statement to police or allowed them to photograph her injuries. The court was also told that a witness who may have heard but not seen the alleged incident, they would only give a statement if the complainant made one. So, um, essentially, now that now the spin's coming from the lawyer saying that you know he's lost his employment over it, he's relieved to get it over with. You know, you get on with his life. He wants to get back to, to playing football. Um, and then when he was asked why the charge was withdrawn, he, the lawyer stated that the evidence speaks for itself. I think the police looked at it realistically and professionally and came to the conclusion that they did. Well, there was no evidence, or clearly. the fact that the person who it happened to didn't take photos of the injuries and refused to make a statement, therefore not providing the evidence, maybe that's why it got done. Uh, anyway, he's back on the Gold Coast now. As Johnny Cochran says, if people aren't saying shit, you must have quit. Caps kicking off Friday night football. The game we were just speaking about, the mighty Manly Sea Eagles, 18, defeated the Melbourne Storm, 4. What can be said about this one? The most anticipated match of the year, top of the table clash, battle for premiership favouritism, and it was the mighty Sea Eagles that came through. a fucking battle for premiership favouritism. you kidding? Of course it was. <laughs> Please. Of course it was. Manly recovered from a shocking Wanted start. I become a bookie. They could see... There's odds out there on the Tigers. <laughs> Yeah, t- six thousand dollars. Six thousand dollars. Six thousand dollars. They're paying. Um, 
Manly, shocking start. They conceded a line dropout off the opening kickoff, but from that point on, they went on to absolutely dominate the supposed competition favourites for the remainder of the match. Uh, and they opened the scoring early with the most spectacular try of the season, if not all time. Kieran Foran oh, ultimately getting a try. Sake. I mean, how do we... How, you I are a ridiculous human. Literally went through the hands of almost every player, every player in, in the Manly side. Started out from started out from a kick, which uh, almost went to touch. Wangman dived over the sideline, threw it back inside. I assume it was to Matai. Big spread over to the right. And was it Wolfman on the right who ended up with the right? Or was it Jamie Lyon? Kicked it in. Jamie Lyon. Billy Slater, continuing the trend of players recently, letting high kicks bounce. Let it bounce in the in goal. Sat up perfectly, Kieran Foran, who was very late to get to the ball. I mean, there were Storm players all around it, and he somehow... Took a to wicked it. right 90-degree yeah. turn. But. Swept through, scooped it up, put it down, you know, a foot inside the dead ball line, uh, pretty much under the sticks, and uh, Manly were leading 6-0 after the conversion. Um, What happened next... Okay, the next big incident, I suppose, was when uh, Manly were looking like they were going to score their next try down the right-hand side. Wolfman speared in uh, to some heavy attention from uh, Billy Slater. There was about three Storm players in there holding him up over the line. He was held up. It was no try. And um, turned out the play was held up for about 20 minutes as he was basically held motionless. They had to do the whole stretcher thing. There's a lot of care being taken to, um, you know, not move him too much. And in a game which we've just spoken about, it's had probably the most fiery encounter um, in recent memory. Yeah. The Storm players actually went well out of their way to ensure, try and ensure Wolfman's safety in that incident. They obviously knew something was up. He was well, apparently he said, apparently he said that he said yeah. that there was Manek, something Manek, up. Manek. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, you've always got plenty to say about Billy Slater, but, his legs were under Wolfman too, so he could cradle him. So obviously he did slide through legs first. That's you're just <laughs> fucking cat. I cannot believe you refused to give the man credit for. I that. give no, I give him credit for that. I give him a lot of credit for that, actually. I mean, you know, there's things later on in the game that I won't give him credit for, but that is probably the one good thing that he's done in his, in his entire career. <laughs> um, Can we just move on? And well, I thought it was a great moment. It was good to see sportsmanship still alive and well in in. A, Tough game and an emotion-charged atmosphere such as Brookvale Oval on Friday. Yeah, I mean, although, you know, to be fair, this is before it had kicked off. This would be before the action kicked off. There I was mean, emotion if it had been after, that game started. If, if, it had been after, if it had been after the ball... You can't ball, tell me that... Billy Slater probably would have tried to fucking snap his neck. Fucking boys. <laughs> fucking hell. I, I, I think Wolfie's injury has been overshadowed a lot by the rest of the bullshit that went on in this game. And, um, you know... What's the what's the prognosis at the moment? Is it's fucking terrible. six months? It was a, it's a fractured uh, vertebra uh, C six, I think. And right. um, so there's no there's no like that could be could spell the end of his career. No, or no, they think it'll be okay. I mean, I don't think it's uh, it must. I mean, obviously anything to do with your neck or your back is is severe, <laughs> but as far as these things go, I don't think it's that severe. It just has to heal up, but it's going to be sort of six months out of the game. They'd say. And he's a great guy. Well, look, we caught up with him at the at the manly function uh, for your home game up here at Suncorp and. Very approachable dude, very funny, yeah. uh, great to chat to. And, you know, you don't like to see that happen to any player, but certainly a guy that, you know, that we've met and chatted to and, and, and found to be a very approachable, lovely sort of guy. It's it's, it's really terrible. Agree. Um, after that, uh, it was a very, I mean, it, it was a very, very long delay in the game. I mean, it almost reset the game pretty much to starting again. Um, the next set that Melbourne had with the ball is when the, the hinge lift tackle, the, sorry, the hinge lift uh, elbow that we were speaking about happened, the brawl 
all that sort of thing. So the game was held up again. I mean, literally, we'd had like over over 40 minutes worth of play, I think. And by the time that the game restarted after the send-offs, I think it was only the 26th minute of the game. So it was, it was ridiculous. I mean, probably fucked up Channel 9's programming somewhat <laughs> um, for the night. Uh, Jamie Lyon, I think, just... I think just to settle things down more than anything, he took a penalty goal from the penalty that came from the, the Hinchliffe elbow. Um, and Manly were up 8-0. Uh, then the next scoring, um, an easy, well, another try for Manly. It was fairly spectacular kind of try for try for Manly where, once again, Jamie Lyon uh, got it out to the uh, new winger, replacing Wolfman. It was uh, Tony Williams. Uh, so it was kind of a bit of fish out of water for him. He hasn't really been on the wing this season, and he has been going really well in the forwards, but I'd say he would have liked getting a couple of tries in this game. Um, he got his first try of the match five minutes before the break. I uh, thought he ran the ball really well with the opportunities he got, and sure, it wasn't through the middle like he's become accustomed to this season with his role in the forwards, but I think he finally gets it. Yep, yep. Fine. I, I think he's been hypnotised into into realising that he's a massive unit, and that if he gets you know a full head of steam up... Or just realising that there's other players and good outside backs and good back rowers in the club, and he's not a walk-up starter yeah. every week, definitely. <laughs> like, he's had his time on the bench and yep, yep. et cetera. So, so uh, that was right before, probably five minutes before halftime. Uh, Manly following the conversion, Manly leading 14 points to nil and all over the top of the storm. Second half, as I said, I mean, it was a bit of a blur uh, for me. I can't really remember a lot. I remember that the game generated somewhat. The storm had absolutely nothing to offer. Uh, and were making a lot of uncharacteristic errors and things like that. And um, the Seagulls fairly controlled the game. Um, but midway through the second half, uh, Manly scored their final points of the match. Uh, it was another try to Tony Williams. Um, you know, it should have been awarded to, to Jamie Lyon, that try. I mean, he did everything and just delivered. Come from nothing, too. Yeah, Ball hit the deck nothing. and then all of a sudden he put a step on, threw a dummy, got in between defenders and... and Passed it out and Tony Williams had about 10 metres before anyone, you know, or five metres before anyone was near him. Uh, scored a simplest of tries and uh, that was 18-0. Uh, last 10 minutes of the game you know, were partic- particularly shocking uh, as the clock ticked down. However, on the very last play of the game, there was a bit of broken play. Billy Slater slotted through, managed to score a try right as the buzzer sounded. Uh, we don't miss the conversion, so the final score was 18-4 to Manly. Yeah, Manly seemed to handle the emotion of the occasion. You know, this was a big game. It was one versus two. Yep. The, the big write-up about Gallup being there. Um, a lot of emotion, and, and it was a big occasion for both teams, but Manly seemed to handle it far better than Melbourne, and, and certainly, whilst ever the game was in the balance, or, or Melbourne was still might have been a chance of coming back and getting them. Manly just controlled every aspect of play. Um, good performance against quality opposition, despite um, Melbourne still probably have the fact that Cronk wasn't there um, and his as- absence was really noticeable. Manly, Manly seemed to control them fairly well. It was clear after the first try that it was going to be Manly's night, I thought. It just the way that try was scored, it was. I don't know, just had a bit of a hunch that that bounce of the ball was going to go Manly's way. Yeah. And the way they were defending and running the ball, um, they certainly played well enough. And, you know, they say you make your own luck. And Yeah. And, it's like, and there was a lot of, obviously, there was a lot of delays. Massive delay for Wolfman and almost as, as massive delay for, you know, all the Biffo and everything. But despite that first half from Manly, it was one of the best halves I've seen. Like, just like sheer aggression mm. and like the domination of a team that I've seen all year from any team and a quality onto any team. team as well yeah and, and given the fact that the team on the receiving end of that was a storm mm. was ridiculous so 
good win. It makes me it really whets your appetite for the finals, though. I'm looking yeah. forward to some really awesome finals clashes between the the heavyweights and. Um, so there's been very yeah, few finals intensity now. games this whole season. Sorry, there's been very few final intensity sort of games this whole season. Uh, the Warriors Dragons game actually this weekend was you know for a lot of it was like that as well. Sure, but um. Otherwise, yeah, not so much. But uh, yeah, very happy with the, very happy with the win. Not so much with the aftermath, but uh, get past we'll take that. It. We'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Over to Twitter, Australia. That was basically Knights versus Para plus a fight. I've not seen so many balls drop since they banned me from being a scoutmaster. <laughs> Inappropriate tweet. <laughs> Tiger Barmo five. We knew he'd have something to say. Rename Brookie to the Kennel because I've never seen so many dogs in my life. Stuart Brothers, spelled incorrectly, will be watching the finals on TV. Uh, maybe one Probably of them. I disagree. Yeah, I, I totally disagree. One of them will be playing all the finals games because he's going to be back. Uh, he's not injured. How's your knee Knee's fine. He's going to be back next week. Okay. Which is funny because, I mean, uh, if a player's injured, I mean, do you just name him and then eat up the week's suspension and then he comes back when he's not injured? Or if he's injured, the NRL go, no, he's injured. That can't come as a suspension. He wasn't going to play anyway. I don't know how that works. Well, let's face it. I mean, if Queensland could get away with the fucking TBA bullshit with Lottie Takiri. That was Tony <laughs> Carroll. What are you talking Tony? about? Oh, was it? Mm. Sure? Mm-hmm. If they can get away with that shit, then yeah. I mean, anyone can get away with anything. Uh, what are we? Troy underscore 79. Disappointing game. Storm was shit tonight and looked lost without Cronk. Manly were very good in the first 40, but poor in the second. Pretty accurate assessment. Oh, I don't think Manly especially poor in the second. I haven't had a look at the statistics, though, but, I mean, they seem to complete their sets. They just... Jeremy Jack, 01. Where is he? <laughs> what is it with bald people named Glenn who want to punch Adam Blair in the face? True. <laughs> True. I quite thought of a lot of that. <laughs> and uh, and there, there is a photo There is a photo in existence of you sta- you uh, with Glenn Stewart. Yes. And uh, you're about the same height. We don't look same much Same hairstyle. Like same hairstyle. Pretty, He's got a better beard, but... The difference was, the difference between... You, in the photo, the only way you can tell the difference is the, is that he's wearing a manly corporate polo shirt, <laughs> and you weren't. That's basically the difference in two two people in the photo. Um, Ricky T eighty seven. When the fuck did Channel Nine get the rights to Friday Night Fights? Stuart versus Blair resembled WWE. Land a punch for fuck's sake. <laughs> that's a that's a common sentiment actually. Uh, the trophy box. The acne riddled boy at Macca's had a greater chance of scoring than the Storm. I suspect Aaron. He's, was once the acne riddled boy at Macca's. <laughs> Possibly. Michael Darren. Now 17... he's the guy with red wine stains on his shirt. <laughs> just sends random garbled tweets. Michael Darren, 79. Hey, NRL guys, is Adam Blair the storm player who has a history of kneeing on opposition players' calves in tackles? Indeed. I believe that's Sikamane. I think we've, you've pinned, the, pinned that on the wrong bloke, but we can argue that later. We can argue it later. I mean, you're certainly not going to argue... Uh, the fact that you know, Adam Blair is a filthy grub, and uh, the, I will the, argue the, that the, the game he's is the Tigers' champion. Not yet. Well, I guess he is now because I don't think he's going to play for the Storm again. <laughs> so yeah, he's Love a, him. He's Love a Tigers him champion. Player Blair, he can uh, he can uh, Nate Miles it and uh, just head over the Tigers now. Jake underscore Harper. Have we had one from Jake Harper before? I don't know if we have. I don't think so. Manly season over. Goodbye, Grub Brothers. Goodbye. Shallow victory if we ever seen one. Suck it, see Eagles. Is he a Kiwi? Could be. Why would you type it like a Kiwi? I don't know. Maybe he is. I don't know. But clearly, he, uh, you know, missing. He's not a big Manly fan. No, not a big Manly fan. But, um, unfortunately, Welcome to the club, Jake. Unfortunately, uh, Bristol's going to be back, so no good. That's enough and tweets uh, about that yeah, game. Yeah, that's it. That's enough tweets for that game. 
Let's move on. The other Friday night game. Who cares? But <laughs> fans of two teams do. Sydney Roosters, 13, defeated the Parramatta Eels, 12. The poor old Eels. <laughs> Fourth time this season. Um, the They failed to win a... Uh, a golden point, third time in the last six weeks, in fact. Not to mention they've also had a draw, a golden had, point draw. And they had a draw. They went unsuccessful in every golden point game this season, apart Shocking. from the draw that they that they managed to scrape. And, I mean, that's certainly, yeah, they should feel thankful that they got that draw now. They're probably feeling a bit hard done by at the time. Especially considering it came against James Seward. <laughs> exactly. And this one would probably be the most painful one I mean, it was a pretty. The first half of the game was absolutely shocking. It was um, uninspiring in every way. And just before half time, in the 35th minute, Chris Hicks, former Manly superstar Chris Hicks, celebrating his 200th match, got a try. Um, in the second half, Parramatta scored another try. Jared Hayne, uh, Jared Hayne special once again, which shows when he switches on, he can, you know, mm-hmm. he can, I mean, like, it's he was a great he, run. He made it look absolutely. Like, you know, he's playing under sevens the way he smashed, you know, yeah. sliced through and just, you know, accelerated just, and got the... I just thought that try was an indication yet again as to how good he can be, but it was also a bit of an indictment as to how uninvolved he's been this season. Yep, yep. I mean, I'd agree. And on his day, him. he can do that to any side. And they shift him into 5-8 to, to, you know, up the involvement and, you know, it's just no look pass, no look pass. You know, face ball, face ball. Yeah. Does nothing. In any case, Parramatta went out to a 12 points to nil lead, and they're looking um, they're looking good as far as uh, avoiding the spoon, which was really what this you know what this game was about, or you know putting him in a you know better position to avoid the spoon. Then the Roosters, with 10 minutes remaining, Jason Ryle scored a controversial try, which Bill Harrigan has since come out and said, yeah, that try shouldn't have been awarded. It was pretty clear that he dropped the ball under video review. How they how they found a way to give it to him, I'll never know. Well, didn't they didn't go to the video ref? Oh, it was awarded on that spot. Ex- that explains it because everyone knew the second. That, I mean, the second that that went to tape, everyone. I mean, the groan was like, "Oh, he's got yeah. away with one here." Jason Rolls, however, he's become a try scoring machine. Uh, it's on the, it's on the <laughs> books. Twelve points to six. There were ten minutes remaining. The Roosters, as they did against the Sharks, they came home with a wet sail, uh, and with five minutes to go, Takarangi scored the try. Braith kicked the conversion, locked up the game at 12 points all. And then it turned into the usual, the game's tied, there's five minutes to go, let's have a field goal shootout. Uh, Braith had um, <laughs> three attempts, and charged down, missed, um, including one by Jared Hayne, where he charged the ball down, had probably 10 metres jump on everyone else on the field, could have bent down, picked up the ball, ran the length of the field and got either run down or scored under the sticks to win the game for his yeah. side. Bizarrely, he decided to soccer it forward, managed to kick it about probably 30, 40 metres. It sort of dribbled down towards the sideline, and by then it was too late, and then it ended up going to touch, and then that was the end of it. And off Parramatta, they lost the ball. That was 2009. It would have ran through at full pace, probably flicked that ball up on the fly with his foot, caught, caught it behind it. his head, yeah. ran the entire way, Done a beating whatever cover defence may have even may have got close to him. Yeah. Somersaulted over the line and planted the ball with his penis. Yep, I agree. Sadly, it's not 2009. <laughs> no, no, and clearly that, that, that really was a flash in the pan at that, that period um, because the highlights, uh, the likes of the end of that season, uh, really, I mean, you know, what, half a dozen things since, if that. And five of those came last season. Yeah. <laughs> this season, it was like the try he scored earlier this game, really. Yeah. Um, Can you remember another... Moment where you went, oh, that's right. That that's the sort of shit he can do. 
I, it, I feel I feel like there's something. Been a, maybe there's been a couple. I feel like some something like that happens gracious. every. I think something like that happens every game, but it's not always like a try. You know, what just I mean? his like, running game. Yeah. Yes, he can throw a fucking cutout ball. Okay, without looking. It. Sorry, without looking. Without looking, he can do. He doesn't even have to I get look. It. That's and how he's so good. If that's all that makes you a five eight, fantastic. But when your strength is running the fucking ball, yeah, and all you're throwing is cutout balls, doing yourself and your team <laughs> and your six hundred thousand dollar paycheck a disservice. Especially when a lot of them go over the sideline or forward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or forward exactly. Um. Anyway. At full time, we're tied up at 12 all. So once again for the Eels, back to Golden Point, extra time. On this occasion, Fui Fui dropped the ball, gave the Roosters good field position. Um, they had a cut. They they set it up, uh, spinning the ball around. They finally got Braithen Astor deep again. He doesn't mind hitting the long range field goal, Braithy, no. and uh, he nailed it. 13-12, Roosters got up. Sorry, say? mate. I was waiting for you to keep going. No, no, that was it. That's 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 the ball game. I mean, I was gonna. One of the things I was gonna say is that you know, Braithen Astor once again, one of those uh, one of those cu- clutch captaincy. Well, that was fourth time lucky, wasn't it? It was Three fourth. Charging, it, was, so. it was it was fourth time lucky, but you know, it, it ended up being the match winner. But, but without all, the desperation of the parrot defence, I, I don't think any of those were gonna miss. No, really, guy can kick a field goal. I got a mate who's um like a brother to me, and. The last twelve months, last twelve months, but certainly this year in particular, he's a, he's had a really horrible run of luck. Yeah, he's he's literally lost like three family members, like an, an uncle or a couple of uncles and, and an auntie and and another like family friend. Yeah. Um. He's his wife had a miscarriage. <laughs> what are you you know, you're gonna you're gonna depress all the listeners? No, I know. A very happy ending um, at the end of this. Yeah. Sadly not. His 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 work's gone through all sorts of turmoil to the point where they've put a heap of staff off, and yep. his workload's gone through the roof, causing him untold amounts of stress. But worst of all, he's a paraffin. And every Monday, <laughs> well, depending on if if the Eels might be playing Monday night football, but every Monday, sort of Tuesday, I send him an email, just you know, get yeah, mate, how things. And everything that's happened to him this year, he's like, the first thing he says is, fuck Paris shit at footy. <laughs> <laughs> and that's an indication of the type of season that, that Paris have had. But if you talk to Paul Osborne or Stephen Kearney, yeah. they've had a good year. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, see me. I'd like to see a few of their fans write letters I, and say, "I, I like, I like." Tell you what, a fucking good year is, boys. I, I like the upbeat nature. Crack it for a I'm win. St- I mean, Steve in in, in, in press conferences, uh, he goes all right. He's like, got a bit of a smile on his face. He's I, I don't. Times. I don't think some. I, I think he thinks they get bonus points for going to extra, extra time <laughs> or something. I mean, he seems to be very happy with the effort. I mean, geez, I wonder who's going to be happy next week if they go down in extra time. But I'm sorry, but all these close losses. In a, in a draw in Golden Point, and that's only the Golden Point ones we're yeah. talking about, right? I mean, they had there the was the Manly that, game, yeah, that Manly come back and got them. In the last, there was the, last the five minutes, Storm yeah. game where they dominated. Storm come back and got them. Yep. And that's all. They're, they're all in the last yeah, half of the season. That's too. only the ones I can remember. Yeah. Oh, fuck. I just I don't know how their fan base accepts, or, or whether they do accept, the CEO and the coach coming out and say, "Yeah, we've had a good year." 
He made yeah. the grand final two seasons ago. Yeah, they're not going to be able to get on that. Um, <laughs> they can't, die, they can't die right. out on that for too much longer. Can't crack it for a win in the last six weeks. What's, <laughs> what's it, seven? Para haven't won a game since they beat the Tigers. The Tigers won seven straight. So it's bordering on two months since Para won a game. Yeah. And given the position they're in the ladder, it's not like they won a lot of games anyway before that. Look, we look forward to uh, Spooner Palooza, which we'll get to later, but the end of their season can't come soon enough. It's... It's, I, I don't know. I can't remember a team that, that's led games and given up leads as often and as dramatically and as epically failure-esque. Because those golden, point, those, those golden point games, I mean, it's important to note that they've led in all of those games. It's not like they made an epic comeback no. and forced golden point, then lost. No. They led them, were run down, and then lost the game in golden point. Sad. Twitter. <laughs> Quite sad. Garbs, 1985. Hayne couldn't get a ball down in a whore's throat. Popular tweet with the people. Yeah. Uh, 102 Megan. A very happy household at the Borg residence tonight. Residence tonight. Roosters and Manly won. And Melbourne and Parramatta lost. Cruzio They're six. Easily, easily pleased in the Borg household. I was gonna, well, I mean, this season, I mean, for the Roosters to win, I mean, it's a rare treat. Yeah. Uh, Cruzio 6. Hindmarsh is the captain to lose the most games in Golden Point ever in the history of Rugby League. He doesn't deserve that title. Haven't verified that fact, but I have no doubt that it's true. And he's probably probably just this year alone has probably has got him to, to that kind of unwanted no record. No doubt. Uh, the itchy scrote, who's been prolific. Yes, and in fact, and he he said, he's got a magnificent Twitter name. And he did he did reply uh, to us. We mentioned on the show last week that we thought he was someone who's just uh, new on the scene. As it turns out, he, he'd always been commenting, but uh, just not addressing it to us. So you know, we hadn't seen it as much. Because unfortunately, Twitter, when you do a search on the you know on Twill Nation or you know TWI League, you know, he's scratching his scroting rather than learning <laughs> how to use Twitter. <laughs> and this one, he's uh, I mean, surely we've heard this tweet before this year though. Fooey, fooey, you are shitty, shitty. Well, his Fooey's hands need the chop, chop. He had the worst game. Two errors. One, when Parra were looking to build to, towards a field goal. And yep. then <laughs> one, to give the Roosters a field position they needed to kick theirs. So. <laughs> um, fairly fairly unhappy, although he did get pumped early on and then returned serve on Guerra, which was one of the hits of the year. I it thought. was a massive hit. It was huge. Guerra didn't look too healthy at the end of it. We've duly noted also is the fact that this is another win for the Roosters without Todd Carney. Yeah, and, imagine and he's got his bags two thirds packed by now, surely. Well, he he's gone. I mean, you know, you have to speculate that he's going to be uh, released from the Roosters. The NRL are going to put a stipulation, you know, or assure the Roosters that they won't register a contract mm. at another club. So he's going to have to go overseas for you know somewhere to play his trade, or you know, back up to Atherton or wherever. I don't know. If, if he goes to England or France or something, oh, man. well, I don't think. I mean, he couldn't go to England last time because. Because of his criminal record, they didn't give him a visa. Whether they true, whether they would this time or you know, because really get AFL. Yeah, maybe I don't think he'd go too well. He's not exactly tall timber. No, he's not. <laughs> not he's not known for his leaping ability either. No, no. I just don't think he could adapt. Doesn't mind a handball. No, I mean get off beers and onto like you know meth. <laughs> <laughs> Saturday, Canterbury Bulldogs. 32 defeated the Newcastle Knights. 22. Strange old game, this one. Uh, certainly it was the proverbial game of two halves. The uh, 
Newcastle Knights came out of the blocks massively. Where did it go? Kurt Gidley scored the first try. Jared Mullen with the kick. Kurt Gidley managed to squeak in there next to the upright in only the fifth minute of the game. Six points to nil to the Knights. Thirteenth minute. Jamie Soward special to Gidley. I don't know. I, I don't understand. I think this might have been in a way might have been uh, you know cost them the game. I think because it's not the only time it happened. It's fairly conservative, and when you got strike power, the likes of the Uate Parte on the field, and you were dominating the field position and and the t- dominating and, every and, and the flow of, of the game. I mean, yes. They kicked the penalty in the 13th minute, so that was 8-0. Give the then ball some air. In the 24th minute, they kicked another penalty. That made it 10-0. Uh, doggies, they hit back with a great try to Josh Morris in the 29th minute. Set up by... Who, I wonder? One of, one of the revelatory players of the year, I'd have to say. I agree. Without without us, you know, like, we've pushed this guy. To be fair, it wasn't his best game. <laughs> There was one thing that he, he could have done. He had a couple done. of clangers. There, there was something that there was there was a clanger. There was that I two clangers. I only remember the one, no, but um, we'll two. get we'll get to that. That happened uh, in the second half, I think. Anyway, that was I mean I can definitely remember the one where he made a break down the left hand side and uh, he could have passed outside the Josh Morris and there was another guy outside him unmarked, um, but he sort of cut back inside and got tackled, and Josh Morris mouthing off like you know. He's been in first grade all season or something. Yeah. I sell down, son. That never would have happened in New South Wales Cup. And I should fucking know. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, so the Ottoman, though. <laughs> Certainly much more about New South Wales Cup than Morris At least does. he's got an impressive story behind it. Yeah, he Josh does. Josh Morris was there because he was shit. Yeah. I the mean, Ottoman yeah. was there because he smacked down the coach. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> Everything with him is just an epic story. Uh, Richie Fayoso, 30th minute. He uh, put the Knights further in front. And uh, six minutes later... Zane Tedevano scored off a Jared Mullen grubber. Gidley with the conversion. Knights 22 points to six was their lead at half time. The Polynesian boys in the um, Newcastle side, in right? In the Hunter area. Do you remember when um, Tame Tupu played for the Broncos and yes. Wayne Bennett couldn't remember his name and couldn't pronounce his name, so he called him Gary? Oh, no, I didn't. Jeez, there's going to be some fucking Garys on the Knights next year. <laughs> They're already fairly Gary. Full of Gary Uate. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Tumavave. Where's Gary come from, though? That's like such Gary a Gary Tata fucking poo-poo or whatever his name is. He's Zane. Zane? Yeah. Zaney. Zane. <laughs> anyway, 22-6 halftime to the Gary Knights. Gary Gidley. <laughs> Neville Gidley. <laughs> uh, <laughs> second half. All the doggies. 55th minute. Steve Turner scored the try. Their very next set, they went the length of the field. Scored again. Josh Reynolds was a scorer that on that time. Um, Jamal Idris solo effort from the Ottoman was pretty impressive yeah I'll give him that he took a points decision over the Ottoman in this he's game. an aggressive Perhaps. dude man he, well, yeah. he's very much in the Ennis mould isn't he Is, well you're calling, the, you're calling the Ottoman because I mean he really I mean he's got a lot of the Ottoman in his game too he doesn't mind shooting out and trying to lay one on people as well unfortunately he doesn't have that low centre of gravity no, and, no. and that extra I don't know what it is about him well I mean as evidenced like last week in the game against Manly where he put a massive hit on Michael Robertson yeah. A small guy who just bounced back five metres, didn't drop the ball, just kept running, just yeah. ran forward again. I mean, if it had it been Ottoman to put a hit of that magnitude on, I mean, you know... Could have had a hose we, up Robinson's remains off the field. Exactly. We, we would have had a service for him last weekend instead of uh, instead of him getting cited. Uh, what happened? 60th minute, Jamal Idris. He scored a try and the Doggies were well and truly back into it. Only two points behind. Both teams... In fact, the Knights did try and get back into the game. No one could capitalise, though. And it wasn't until the 71st minute when the Dogs finally got the lead in the game with Ben Barber scoring the try. Three minutes later, the game was sealed by Barber again. 
where he came up with a great put down just millimetres inside the dead ball line with a nice little somersault. Top three try of the year, for sure. Yeah, is it though? Just the put down. It was a great put down, but I mean, I think, I feel that we've seen better put downs, more spectacular put downs from from some wingers. Like wingers, you know, with the corner corner post and the, the, you know I mean? Like, I I just feel, I feel like I've seen that bar. I've seen more of them. I reckon you'll see more wingers score tries like that. Yeah. And let's be honest, if Bay Ryan can do it, then it can't be that hard. Yeah. Um, you'll see fucking another hundred of them before you see anything like if Bart was put down. I just feel I just feel like I've seen that. I've seen that try before. Really? A couple of times. I'm just thinking, you know, there's... Like in Origin, no. I think there was... In origin, oh, the English was, thing yeah. where he hit it back. Oh, no, that was, oh, no, in, that was, was in a test, test match. match. That was a te- but I mean, I think there's an Origin one. It might be like a Lockyer or a Slater, something like that. Um, it's just, I've never seen. I just, like just when I when I saw freak. it, when I saw it, I was like, okay, I've seen it before, and I think he, he, he I think it was uh, looked a lot more spectacular because of the fact that he sort of did the big tumble turn, you know, as he did it. it just all happened so fast. I think that was yeah. probably. I mean, he's like he was like a you know like Jared Hay. He just put a bit of you know extra extra flavour on it. Put his own flavour <laughs> on it. He put his own flavour on it. Uh, final score. Doggies, 32-22, victors. I'm not sure which was worse in this game. The dogs first half or the Knights second half. The dogs oh. were woeful. Part, sections of the crowd booed them off. I was Twitter it was, was the Knights second half. with like, negative comments regarding the dogs. Given, given, dogs given the fact that the, the uh, not only did the Knights squander more points, or sorry, give up more points in the second half, sure. but also they gave up a 16-point lead, they've got to win decisively as the, the worst half of that game. Oh, I guess so. When you put it like that, that's 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 a fair argument. People have have been quick to jump on Barber with some of the troubles he's had under the high ball this season, and I'm not saying they're 100 percent wrong. I just I just think an off season under the high ball, yeah, will probably go a long way to rectifying that aspect of his game, and I think it's the only flaw in his game is his, his lack of confidence. Well, I mean, under that's, the high that's ball. the thing. Practice can fi- I mean, practice can fix it. Yeah. I mean, look what happened to the beast. I mean, he was yeah. the same, if not worse. Exactly. I, I don't know that there's many other chinks in the armour. I think if you play him in the halves and he's got to defend up front, then you might see some defensive issues come. He's not the biggest bloke. Yeah, and he, I mean, he has missed tackles at the back as well, yeah. too, when he comes in like the, into a one-on-one situation. I think he, I think he's a full-back. Dogs fans may have a differing opinion and they know more about the situation than I do, but I just I love the way he plays. I love his support play. I love his speed. Um, and he can just create you know, chime into the back line. Really rate him as a player. I think he's good. Man crush? No, far from man crush. I just, I love watching him play. Um, based on that performance from the Knights, even if they do make the eight, I don't know where the Knights going to go for the end of the season trip yeah. to Singleton. Well, we'll we'll get to we'll get to the, the Rabbits as well. I mean, let's face it, both of the teams in contention for the eighth spot didn't exactly cover themselves in glory this weekend. Uh, I mean, even. Yeah, I mean, even with suspended players, I mean, you think there'd be nothing but nothing more than cannon fodder down in Melbourne to the Storm. Yeah, where do I mean Newcastle's not the most happening place, so they wouldn't be up for a big, big end of season trip, would they? I think I've told this story before. I remember going to Newcastle, place like a fucking ghost town at seven forty-five p.m. Yeah, well, I mean, therefore that they probably want to go to Vegas for their end of season trip then. You think? Just to show the players, you know, the other side. Would they be able to handle it? Well, man, in Gidley in Vegas. <laughs> Chris Houston would probably have a fair crack. Can I have a fucking glass of water, hold the ice, and a fucking half a scoop of vanilla ice cream, please? Chris Houston, he'd be like, you know, don't hold the ice. 
You'd <laughs> <laughs> be like, give us a Coke, don't hold the ice. <laughs> Have you got anything that goes ping, if you know what I mean? Because that's how they people talking Vegas. <laughs> oh, okay, sure. okay. The master of accents comes to the fore <laughs> once again um, with his with his Vegas dialect of the uh, American accent. Fantastic! I'd stuff. kill it in Vegas. People are like, what the fuck are you talking like that? <laughs> we can talk about that here. You'd, you'd what die, are you talking about? You die in Vegas. Quick. I said ping. <laughs> you die in Vegas quicker than two packed in. <laughs> My fuck, I'm bulletproof. <laughs> you need to be. Are we ready to go to Twitter? Yes. Cruzio 6 is in with this one too. Even a bit of licky licky couldn't excite the Knights tonight. And true, it was the debut. Of the great of, man. Of the great man. Well, the, you know, the great name. <laughs> the, 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 the man that does not require a nickname. Exactly. His parents his, his parents shot him out with his own nickname, already pre-built. Um, good, yeah, yeah, he had a fair, fair start to his career. I mean, I would have thought he'd got it. I mean, especially considering the injuries that the Knights have had this season. It's not until... You know, he was announced the game. I was like, oh, yeah, him. Yeah. I I would have thought that he got a run a lot earlier. He's played a fair bit of Reggie's by the sound of it. Yeah. Or 20s. Yeah. He's still eligible for 20s. I don't know. Is he? How old's Leaky Leaky? I don't know. How do you know? How can you tell? Leaky Leaky man. His birth certificate would go wrong. Right <laughs> <laughs> I'm it's no expert that... on these things, but I'm pretty sure that's what they're designed for. <laughs> Uh, what else have we got here? Has anyone else come in, commented on this game? Uh, that guy, that guy, no, no. Jeez, it looks like everyone's like jumped over that game now. and uh, No one cared. Although Twitter did explode when Barber scored. Yes, yes. I mean, oh, there's my tweet. I had money on the Ottoman and Uate Parte as first try scorers. I couldn't pick between both both our, uh, this show's babies. And that's the yeah, and uh, and that was also known as uh, pissing your money down the toilet. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's time to move on to the next game. Agree. What have we got? The next one here. Well, the next one I've got on the list here is the the Panthers game. However, it seemed that uh, most of the listeners uh, were were watching the viewers' choice was the Cowboys game. So I might go to the Cowboys game first. Uh, Let's just do so that, it lies shall up with we? the Twitter people. Let's do that, Nathan. Excellent. I think we Here's will. Here's my Vegas voice again. You like it? I can't wait. Let's. I take, like it. Let's take it away. <laughs> game show host. Sharkies. Coming right up. Sharkies, great start to the game. Isaac Gordon scored in the very first set of the match. Offload from Gallon. Uh, some atrocious Barney-esque Cowboys defense. Sharks were up six points <laughs> to nil. I've heard of Barney for ages, man. There's a blast from the past. I'm bringing him back. I think he was there in spirit, that's for sure. Um... <laughs> And the Cowboys were bringing the, hopeless back. <laughs> I'm bringing hopeless back. Leave the singing up to me, mate. What's that? Leave the singing up to me. The amount of accents you've done tonight, I think you've done enough. Oh, I'm not going to sing an let accent. Me, let, Unless I do a bit of a Vegas cabaret tune. Please don't. I'm bringing sexy back. Oh, oh hopeless. <laughs> yeah, bringing shithouse back. Uh, Sing that song for me. Um, now, Cowboys, as I said, they were very down in the first half. Uh, however, they eventually got eventually got a try uh, in the 31st minute with Tamalolo, a player who I've taken zero notice of. Was it his debut in this game? Yeah. I was going to say, like, who's this guy? Because not only did he get the first try, 
grabbed another one later on in the match. I was thinking, shit, that guy would have been like eighty grand on on Supercoach, less if, if available, if available at all, eighty and he, cents. And he would have had, he would have probably, you know, grabbed like eighty points for the game. Um, if he wouldn't have put money on him as first try scorer, he would have had to select other. Yeah, exactly. Uh, just before half time, Wade Graham scored the try. Uh, the Sharkies ended up going into the break, leading fourteen points to six. Uh, apparently the sideline uh, the sideline eyes for uh, Fox, who I can't remember who was on the sideline for this game, but apparently Neil Henry gave the Cowboys an epic spray, the likes of which hasn't been heard at Dairy Farmers for many... Andy Raymond was... Well, no, Andy, was he Andy would have been in the box. Yeah, he would have been naturally yeah. commentating the game. Uh, so I guess, well, who did you choose from on the Noddy? sideline? Guys like Noddy, uh, Germ, I think it might have been Kamali. Um in any case, apparently Neil Henry gave a spray the likes of which Dairy Farmer hasn't seen for a very long time. Since Jonathan Thurston gave them a spray the other week. <laughs> uh, and the Cowboys, they certainly came out like a team that had been sprayed massively. Um, they scored a try pretty much straight after the breakthrough. Glenn Hall, former Manly legend. And uh, in the 61st minute, they got another try. Uh, Ashley Graham, who had a great game, at least in attack anyway, um, with one of those spectacular winger tries that we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Um, I think I might have mentioned once or twice before on the show one of the boys at work is a massive Cowboys fan he's a bit of an Ash Graham apologist and has been for quite some time yeah. and certainly back at the time when Ash Graham was probably running around impersonating a first grade footballer at Parramatta at Parramatta and, and some of his time at the Cowboys got to say I'm running out of reasons to um, take the piss out of him well he's I mean, I don't want to compare him to Ben Barber because Ben Barber's a freakish talent, but fucking. <laughs> but he has that same sort. I'm of... I'm glad you don't want to do that, Nathan, because I don't want to have to take the piss. But out of you. the similarity that I want to point out is that they, um, defensively, they're deficient, <laughs> and attacking, they're amazing. Barber's obviously far more, you know, brilliant, and you know, but as far as a winger, you know, or an outside back that can finish off a try, can finish. He's a good uh, finisher. He's fini- that's he's he scored a lot of tries this season. That'd be on his resume. Yeah, good finisher. Expert finisher. Expert finisher. Um, and this when was, it says weaknesses, yeah. too many to list. <laughs> I've, made a, the rest. I've made a short video. <laughs> Everything except for expert finishing. <laughs> uh, Paul Aton, he hit back for the Sharkies and they reclaimed the lead. However, the Cowboys hit the front nine minutes before full time with Tamalolo getting his second try. And uh, How do you stop that? Well, you can't, can you? I... <laughs> If they run that play at yeah. that position of the field against any team in the comp, it's, yeah, and it's funny though. Ninety nine percent of the time he's getting over, yeah, regardless of what anyone's doing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, final final score of the game was uh, literally the last the last play of the game. I mean, Matty Bowen uh, had the ball about thirty centimeters out uh, from the try line, grubbed it forward sixty centimeters, and. <laughs> <laughs> And, and put it down. I mean, we didn't put a ruler on it. I did put a ruler on it. That's an approximate measurement. In any case, that gave the Cowboys their final margin and they won the game 28 points to 20. Cronulla never looked completely out of this game. I thought... No. They, they certainly surprised the Cowboys, given this was at Dairy Farmers. The Cowboys were expected to blast out of the blocks and Cronulla had their first try after a couple of minutes. Mm. They didn't look greatness, though. I will admit they didn't look great in the it's, second it's half. It's Cronulla. But, but yeah. Of course, they didn't look great. Water's wet, grass is green. I was saying in the second half, in, in the first great, half, they in the first half, they looked fairly good. I just Cowboys, a concerning thing for me. They um, 
they fought back and they gained the ascendancy and, and took control of the game, but they just lacked that killer instinct instinct to really put the Sharks away. And I think that's a bit of a worry for them heading into the finals. If you can't put Cronulla away, and I may yeah. have egg on, egg on my face. Yeah, let's, 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 let's talk about how easy it is to put Cronulla away next week. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was getting to. may have egg on my face uh, come Saturday night next weekend, but... We haven't mentioned Ashton, uh, Tarek Sims' injury, have we? No, I haven't mentioned injury. I only mentioned the points being scored, and that was a tragedy. That's what cost me two finals in Supercoach, I reckon. <laughs> oh, that's the biggest tragedy of all. It is the biggest tragedy. He was... um Young man's going to have a fucking metal rod in his leg. He was on 33 points at the time he was injured, which was about the 30th minute of the game, and he was close to scoring a try when he when he went down with that injury. Because you talk about the Taumalolo try... You try and give a short ball to him against anyone on the defensive line. I mean, ridiculous. <laughs> He's he, taking out the defensive line. He would have scored, leaving he, a crater in the earth when he. He, he would have gone the on to score conservatively. I'd say he would have. He would have scored seventy points, and he Easy. could have. He could have scored ninety. And let me tell you, that extra sixty points would have won me two games and got me very close in the third, including your match up with me. Yeah, yeah, but it wasn't to be. There were two. There were three. Well, we can talk about that later. I suppose, but there were, there were three key incidents that um that absolutely fucked me. That supercoach, Tarek Sims. Elijah Taylor deciding not to play. I mean, 12, 12 points. We go. I was, I was joking to someone on Twitter that um, we're going to go on our indices a trip, um, and we're going to go to uh, to Malaysia to Borneo. There's going to be some scuba diving, and um, Elijah Taylor, James Maloney, Luke Lewis, uh, they're not getting oxygen tanks for scuba diving. <laughs> <laughs> um, they haven't earned them because we wouldn't be on our indices a trip if they decided to earn their pay. <laughs> Tough taskmaster. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> I think Sims' injury is a huge blow for the Cowboys' um, hopes of going too deep into the finals. Just He's one of those players who's just got that X factor, you know, in a, in a different way to guys like Benny Barber or Benji or whoever, but he's, he's a really intimidating sort of guy when he runs a ball on the fringe and, and some of the hits he puts on in defence can really lift them. Um, and they've got some willing replacements in guys like Scott Bolton and, and Corey Patterson. But Scott Bolton hasn't played a lot of... Uh... No, and he was on fire last year. I had him in my supercage team last year, and he was like one of those. He, he wasn't like Aiden Tolman, but he was a, he was like reliable, like Chris Houston, kind of like sixty points a game guaranteed. Yeah, and you look at what Corey Patterson was doing for Newcastle. They're they're both good players, but in in terms of of the their ability to lift the rest of the team around them with with big plays in both attack and defence, I think they've got a bit before they can live up to Tarek Sims. So they're yeah. going to miss him. And he's Massively. going to be out for quite some time, obviously. So, well, yeah, out out for season, and will will he be back in time? I think he's going to well, miss a couple, like two or three. I think they're saying next season. Yeah, it's 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 bloody bad. It was terrible to see to break both bones in the lower league yeah. as well as um, fuck, shocking. Hurt. And we're watching the game, and as we said earlier, with um, Nicklin watching and, and Jackson was watching as well, and. He went down, he was in pain. I went, oh, man, that's bad. That doesn't look good. And Nicklin was like, oh, he's breaking his leg. And then Jackson was like, what happened? And we were, like, trying to, like, you know, give him give him the news or, or explain it to him in, in kid-friendly sort of manner. And Nicklin went to great lengths to, you know, say, well, you know, the man, you know, went to tackle him, you know, like daddy tackles you. And, and they fell on his leg and, you know, he's got bones in his leg, like, yeah. you know, and... And unfortunately, it fell the wrong way. And he's, I'm surprised that Jackson doesn't know what a broken bone is already, though. Oh, just <laughs> explaining, you know, yeah. obviously that the level of pain 
<laughs> oh, you, you, yeah, that, I was surprised that you couldn't relate to it. Remember that time when you broke your arm yeah. by, you know, <laughs> by, by running around the house being in a car and you're crashing into the bloody, you know, the wall? Don't wish that upon us, but yeah, oh, I'm not I'm wishing upon him. I'm surprised. surprised that he hasn't busted himself up before. Yeah, I'm surprised he didn't get broken leg. I've had three of those. Yeah. <laughs> but, Dad, I shit bigger than broken yeah. legs. <laughs> <laughs> but he's, Nicholas, you know, okay, so, <laughs> and Jackson's gone, well, how do they fix it? And Nicklin said, well, he has to have an operation and, um, you know, the doctor will straighten it up and he'll put it in a big, um, you know, in a big boot and and Lisa has to keep it very still. And Jackson looks a square in the eye and goes, ah, I get it, mum. Sticky tape. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck was that, kid? Where did you even get that? I don't think you get it like you think you get it. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so if it was quite that simple to patch Tarek Sims back together, I think he might play next week. But unfortunately, Dr. Jackson's not at the scene, so he might have to go more conventional sort of medical means. It just... The period where Gallon was off the field tending to his injury and he copped a bit of a burner, um, lost, you know, got some pins and needles in his shoulder and neck, I think that went a long way to signalling the Sharks' fate. They, they yeah. started... You know, like I said, they were never really out of the game. But when Gallon was off, they they went into a bit of a lull, and I think the Cowboys realised and gained confidence out of that, and yep. realised that the game was probably theirs to win, and and they went on with the job. Yet another concussion for Dallas Johnson. Just to add to the cl- and geez, I mean, it was funny when he was sort of raring to go to come back out. I mean, he was. Yeah. I mean, to say that it was one of you know looked like one of the worst knockouts that Dallas Johnson have. I mean, that's not saying much because I mean that dude's been. Yeah, that's a long list. So It'd have to times. be good to be in his top five. Yeah, but I mean, like, he was pretty good. He was, he um, was big time. They stopped. They stopped fights sooner than they stopped. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> seen seen a lot of fights stop for less. Yeah, exactly. What does his diet consist of at this point? Like jelly, baby food. He just gets those baby foods, like just all these vegetables and everything. Just come, just uh, squeeze puree. packs. Yeah, puree just squeezes them in. I, that guy. There's going to be, surely there's going to be a 60-minute story in 10 years' time. You know, look what Rugby League did to Dallas Johnson. <laughs> and she's going to be sitting there like, you know... And he went through a patch in his career where he wore headgear and he doesn't do that anymore. What the fuck is well, he with that? Is it, is it because he was like, oh, you know, I was soft in England and I didn't need to wear the headgear if we got the, you know, hasn't got in the habit but of wearing it. But he stopped wearing that, he stopped wearing it before he went to England. Well, he was getting knocked out, he was getting knocked spark out in Origin games and not wearing it. Puts fuck headgear on. I know, I know what you're saying though. Like he's, um, yeah. <laughs> what? Why would you wear it when you've got a history of head knocks? Yeah. Stop wearing it when the history of head knocks hasn't exactly stopped. Well, he's taking more head. He's, and, taking, he's taking. And more then vicious, it's continued, and you haven't put it back on. He's taking more vicious, <laughs> vicious head knocks than um than Muhammad Ali. So, uh, it's it's not a good sign. I hate. I I, I, I fear for his future. Future well being. I have great reservations about his ability to hold a conversation in ten years' time. Or hold or hold a glass steady. I'd agree with that. Without spelling it out. He might open the Olympics in twenty <laughs> I whatever it's gonna be. Yeah, without without wishing <laughs> without wishing that on anybody, but yeah, I do feel I'm like, just saying, like there's a yeah. there's a medic there's an effect that that's gonna have on the man's head. Yeah. I agree. And we're not talking one or two. We're probably into a dozen now. He's going to be the, the, the type the type of guy that uh that there'll be studies on. I agree. Okay. So 
Where are we? Twitter, of course. <laughs> yeah, well, I, just, I just lost track of what I was doing for a second. Motherfucker. I was, uh, what do we have here? Cowboys game, Cowboys game. There's a lot of people tweeting about the Cowboys game, but kind of not, not after, you know, not after the Cowboys game, you know, if you get what I'm saying. Like sort of throwing tweets out during the game. Um, it's funny, there's a lot of in-progress Cowboys game tweets, but not, not so much uh, after. Here we go, Queensland Maroon. Says, uh, has Ian Moss from Cold Chisel and Neil Henry been seen in the same room together? Fuck, they look alike. Really? I actually got, I did, I got some pictures. That I don't, I don't know what Ian Moss looks like now, but I mean, I sort of had a look at, you know, like in my mind, you know, like the Tucker's daughter, Ian Moss. Yeah. And uh, I don't see it. I mean, unless now he's, you know, looking, you know, he's changed his hair, he's looking more haggard. You know, like, like, <laughs> saying hey, Neil Henry looks haggard. Yeah, fucking rough. Every, 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 every coach looks has, haggard, <laughs> except for bloody Gri- Shanzy, he Except res- yeah, he looks like Grizzly Adams. Shanzy. Yeah, he looks resplendent. He looks absolutely filthy, like a hobo at the moment, <laughs> with that horrific salt and pepper beard that he's got going on. It's atrocious. <laughs> he spends a percentage of his time in Campbelltown. What the fuck do you expect? <laughs> um, Queensland Maroon again. They've got the mad cows disease. <laughs> Clearly, that was before the uh, <laughs> before anything else. And in fact, Queensland Maroon, he was he was tweeting nonstop through that that, that entire game. Um, there was a lot of jubilant Cowboys fans after after the game, but really, I'm just like swinging through the tweets now, and uh, not a lot of substance. So I'm quite prepared to move on to the uh, Penrith game. Let's do it. Penrith Panthers on Saturday as well. Nineteen defeated the Canberra Raiders. Eighteen. Alan Tung's last home game for the Canberra Raiders at Canberra. Not a great crowd. No. Not a great cool. resu- not a great result. Um, Panthers. And you had- can really notice it at Canberra Stadium. Yeah. I don't know. They've got different shades of grey. <laughs> and I like to give the effect that this... But it's not like the Gabba where the seats are actually different colours. So if you look into and it... And they make it look like people are wearing Queensland colours. Like, yeah. you know, yellow. Or, yeah. It's, it's dark grey and light grey. Yeah, and I know it's Canberra, and people are very fucking boring. But I'm yeah. not sure everyone gets around in grey. I think you're supposed to. You're supposed to. I'm excited today. I'm going to wear the dark grey. I think you're supposed to assume it's like you know, it's just snow. Everywhere. I'm a little unhappy. I'm going to wear the light grey. There's just snow on the. Uh, well, you know, they could, they could go pretty far towards making it look better if they had lime green and you know and blue. Yeah. Alternating colours in the seats. Throw some grey in there as well. Throw a bit of yellow in there. You know, Why not? Might look like the Canberra Raiders. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. It's not I that mean, hard. If colour nufties like us can come up with a colour scheme. Clearly. Someone got paid good money to come up with color scheme of those seats. Clearly, they're going to go with the grey. We're the geniuses. And grey, you know, whatever. For fuck's sake. Uh, the 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 anyway. The my future... point was shit crowd. Shit shit crowd for a big occasion for a and player the seats who's weren't hiding the fact that it was a shit crowd. Yep. Okay. Um. And speaking of shit, Adrian Pertel <laughs> <laughs> made a great break uh, early in the game, fifth minute of the game, offload to Luke Walsh, who scored the try, and the Panthers had drawn a first blood. Raiders started to come back into the game. Um, in the 21st minute of the game, Josh McCrone, dummy and dummy, filled the defence, scored the try. You can score a try like that, McCrone. You can, but I mean, you can do a lot of shit too, but I mean, yeah. I mean, have, you noticed, and have you ever noticed Josh McCrone's got hair like an Asian man? No. He's got hair like a fucking Chia pet. It just grows straight out. Doesn't that, that wave, does not fold nothing. Doesn't, he's, 
I'm going to be totally. I'm going to. I'm going to be totally McCr- honest and, and say that never occurred to me. McCrone, I would ima- I would imagine it's got some Scottish origin. Well, yeah, you think so? Yeah. You put him next to. I don't know, an Asian guy, random Asian person. <laughs> yeah. Motherfucker's got hair like an Asian person. I'm gonna have to look up. I'm gonna have to look for a picture. Because honestly, that, that that thought has never occurred to me. I'll let you know what I think. That's why you pay me the big bucks, mate? Come up with these insightful observations. <laughs> I guess. I guess. Uh, right before half time, 38th minute. In fact, Alan Tung scored the try. I mean, really, if you're going to set up your finale in such a in a perfect way, the Probably guy cracked it the, for a win. The guy who's going to retire. Well, yeah, but the guy who's going to retire scored in the 38th minute. Gave him the lead going into half time. It was all looking like you know. Could have been the fairy tale. Unfortunately, it wasn't the 78th minute. I mean, that would have been obviously, you know, a bit better for them. But uh, 38th minute. Hey, if they were into fairy tales, it would have painted the seats a different fucking colour too. It's yeah, really what, sticking what? in my craw, Nathan. It really is. You're really angry about this whole seat thing, aren't you? Uh, second half. Panthers, great field position. Josh McCrone kicked the ball out on the full and immediately they scored the try. Brad Ty stole the ball off Reese Robertson, off a Luke Walsh bomb, and they were in. Raiders had a chance to hit back, but Dane Tills knocked the ball on when he was looked certain to score the try. Panthers, they're in again. Like 50, Dane Tills's do. Like Dane Tills's do. 53rd minute of the game. Panthers, they're in again. David Simmons, try scorer. Penrith, still defended well. And Luke Walsh extended their lead even further after a field goal in the 69th minute. Then the Raiders were finally <laughs> spurred into trying to play the game. Um... They got over the line, scored the try in the 79th minute of the game. Uh, Mick Picker scoring the try. That was his first try. In first grade? Yeah. There you go. Oh, the commentators were making a big deal that he wasn't getting a run, and then all of a sudden he got yeah. on and scored a try. And I would have thought he scored one, but yeah. There you go. It was his first try. Uh, you might be thinking of his brother. Maybe. Slightly more pr- prolific try scorer with three. Yeah. <laughs> Jared Kroger, he added the extras, uh, and it was 19 points to 18. No time left on the match. Uh, the Canberra Raiders, they had one massive raid. They got had to go halfway down the field to score. Didn't work. 19-18, Penrith win. Tongue loses. It was a sad way for Tungy to be farewelled from a ground where he spilled a lot of fucking blood and sweat. It is it sad, nice it's sad for retiring players. I mean, like very, very few retiring players get the fairy tale. Sure, and it's sad, but it is sad when they don't, especially ones like Tung. You know, he never really achieved a lot of, um, you know, personal glory. No, but I mean, like that fucking dude, like the gave everything like, to Canberra Raiders. Played I mean, hurt, a, yeah. You know, tackled his guts out. Just one of those guys that wasn't blessed with huge amounts of natural ability. Just busted his gut to to yep. get to where he was, and and gave his all for the Raiders, which ultimately amounted to. Getting a try in a one-point loss to a shit team at Canberra Stadium. Yeah, at home. Sad end, Tungy. Sad yeah. end. Yeah, probably in the miserable fucking cold. I don't, I don't remember what the weather, you know, the temperature Canberra, was like. it's winter. Yeah. Do the math. Do the math. Um, so, yeah. Blake Austin can play. Dick Tracy was right. <laughs> That's funny. He did send us a tweet. Did you see? He sent us a tweet today saying, say, shut up, Glenn. I told you so. Yeah. That's paraphrasing, but I'm pretty sure he did tell no, you to shut up. No, that's pretty much it. That's yeah. word for word. God, <laughs> <laughs> I mean... He wasn't, they didn't call his name a huge amount of times during the game, but he had some quality touches. Yeah, the touches he had were quality touches. So, uh, Jared Croker, giving it to him a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Shit defender. Yeah. 
Don't rate his defence at all now. Yeah, it's, what you said the other week was was exactly right. And I mean, he's a whiny he's, bitch. And you can and and he can be like completely taken out of the game. He's oh. bullying a bit, and he's completely ineffective, and uh, can't get back into it. But when your defence makes Adrian Pertell and Brad Ty look like Gene Miles and Willie Kahn, for fuck's sake! Gee, that's a poor Willie Kahn. <laughs> I, mean, I was trying to think who played outside Gene Miles. <laughs> Willie Kahn must have at some stage. Very <laughs> mechanical. I could have said the, the great Western Suburbs Magpies duo of the early nineties: uh, Mark Bell and Stan Presdy. Settle down. Legends of the game. Uh, you know, I, Stan Presdy was one of my first, like, cult heroes for the Magpies. Stan okay. Presdy. Have you, like, do you even I, remember that name? No. No. Well, no, I remember the name, but I couldn't. You remember Stan Presdy? I could not tell you a single thing about the guy. Do you know why? And let me tell you a story. Okay. <laughs> Sit down, I'm going to tell you a story. Just light the campfire and play the banjo. I was always a Western Suburbs Magpies fan. And I lived in Aids, which isn't a particular world. Until I got area. snuffed out. Sorry? Until they ceased to exist. Yes, exactly right. Snuffed out. I like the way you put it. And Tiger fucked. They had a uh, a bit of a meet the players thing at the local shopping centre, which was Jewel, which was famous. It made the news once because someone tried to burn it down. <laughs> it's not surprising at all. <laughs> and Stan Presdy yes. came to the meet the players day. There was... You know, a few guys there. Mostly Reggie's, Stan Prezzy. And he and I had a bit of a conversation. I thought it was fantastic that this first grade superstar of the game, Stan Prezzy, playing on the wing for the Western Suburbs Magpies, would sit and uh, have a bit of a chat with me. And I must have been all of about, I don't know, 12. Yeah. Stuck with me. That guy was my hero. And I remember saying to my dad, I think he's great. Stan Prezzy, he's excellent. My old man was like, what are you talking about, mate? He's in and out of first grade. He plays more reserve grade than he does first grade. What are you talking about? <laughs> and I remember one day in a game, and it was back when, and I'm getting way off, it's just I love a tangent. It was back when um, we'd stolen a bunch of the Bulldogs players, yep. Joey Thomas and Gillespie and those sorts of guys. Yep. And he was playing on the wing. And it was a massive game and come down to the wire and they put Stan Presti over in the corner for the game winner. Didn't I give it to my old man? <laughs> <laughs> Never said a bad word about Stan Presley after that. Let uh, me tell you, you would have felt like uh, like Mick I like the, I like like a where are they now? You Stan would have, you, you, you would have felt like My, Michael Michael Tracy when Pertel uh, yeah. scores a try. Pertel, and you can put Stan Presley and Adrian Pertel in the same sentence. Well, yeah, because I mean Pertel Pertel's going to go over and make riches in England. Pretty sure Stan, you know, he might be in England. He might be busking. Busking. Talented singer he was. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Capable of anything. Okay, let's check out the Twitter for this game. There Did you were... hear that Canberra's having an internal investigation into their season? Yeah, actually. And, and in fact, what do you think the finding of that's going to be? Um, I think, uh, was it Solzy that sent us a tweet today about that? And uh, saying that, the, um, that the, the verdict, I'll find the tweet later, but the verdict is going to be like, everything's okay, coach is cool. Yeah. Uh, Camp, I'll be back next year, he'll uh, save us. <laughs> Uh, Solzy in this game he sent a tweet and hash sack Ferner no pressure on the Raiders coach after the worst season for the Raiders since their first year in the comp joke club and they come in 1982 with the Steelers right yeah fuck that Jim shit is <laughs> it's not often as, as a Magpies fan that you come up against a team and be absolutely yeah. 100% supremely confident that you come away with a win 
yeah. when we were coming up against the Raiders and the Steelers. Bill Illawarra. I was yep. pretty <laughs> Troy underscore 79. He said, God, what does Dave Furness say to these guys at halftime? Or does he just dish out the sedatives? <laughs> yes. What else? We've said it before. He just says, play, don't play, who cares? Brother runs this place. I'm not going anywhere. Before him was my dad. Here we go. Solzy, as we said. Did you hear the Raiders are doing a full club review? The results will come back. Ferner, a great coach, and Campisi to save us. <laughs> the next game we have here on the list is Sunday. St. George Illawarra Dragons, 26. Defeated the New Zealand Warriors, 22. Strange old game, this. And a disastrous start for the poor old dragons. I'll say poor old dragons. Fuck the dragons. <laughs> <laughs> what did I say poor old dragons for? I don't know. That's ridiculous. I need to I need to like write a script so I don't just come out with shit like that off the top of my head that's clearly wrong. <laughs> uh yeah. The shit I'll write your scripts for you. The the choking the choking dragons. Oh fuck, here we go. Got off to a disastrous start. Yes, ben, ben Hornby, not once. But twice it booted out in the fall. His first two attempts at kicking the ball off. Um, but we'll just stick to the first like one. Like he'd never night. done it before. Yeah. Um, six minute of play. Warriors scored their first try. Captain Snooze makes his return, scores Legend. a try. No, no. <laughs> and he and, and 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 so ended everything that he contributed to this game positively. <laughs> um <laughs> Off the kickoff once again, Ben Hornby kicked Calling the ball Captain dead. Snooze for nothing, man. <laughs> yeah, I know. But remember when it was looking like he might actually like, <laughs> shake the yeah. We had a, a more, uh, more appealing and complimentary nicknames in store for him if only he'd play three good games in a row. Yeah, exactly. Uh, ben Hornby booted it dead again, and Kevin Locke, not you know, not the guy you think that would uh, you know take defenders over the line with him, but on this occasion, he took about half a dozen defenders over the line, and he scored in the very next set. It was ten points to nil, eighteenth minute controversial moment of the game, possible turning point of the game, the way you hear uh, people speak it about was. it. Uh, Bo Scott uh, found Gaznia and he was tackled. You, you say held or not held? Oh, fucking, I mean, he was held every day. He what? was wrestling with one guy. The second guy came in and stopped him dead in his tracks. Then a third guy came in. I mean, if that wasn't held, it was ridiculous. I, don't, I just don't know what the referees were thinking. In any case, um, they, they didn't call held. Uh, he broke away, ran 30 metres to score the try. I mean, miraculously. Um, that was a definite turning point. Five minutes later, Brett Morris, he scored a try. Um, actually stayed in the field of play on this occasion and didn't step into touch. Um, and not, I was know, expecting to see a foot on the sideline. It doesn't, it, I mean, it doesn't matter if Brett Morris puts a foot on the sideline. Clearly, his fucking feet are invisible. Uh, and then oh, Camo bit, feet, they call him. Yeah, and did a bit of a Superman dive in the end goal to score the try. It's not a fucking Superman dive. What do you call it? He His died. knees are tough. It was Nadia Comaneci at best. <laughs> a fucking Superman dive. Or what are you invested in Superman Limited or something? I'm just saying. He dived over from a couple of meters. He dived out. over. Like, if I take a dive flat on my face now, yeah, you'd laugh. Yeah, you wouldn't say it was a Superman dive. Yeah, I'd say you did Superman dive and land flat on your fucking face and laughed. Superman, your limbs would generally be extended. You'd generally have one arm out in front of you. Da, 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 da. Not a fucking Superman dive. So. Nadia Comaneci at best. Brett Morris. Eddie the Eagle. Stayed in the field of play. Eddie Superman Eagle. dive. Scored the try. <laughs> <laughs> Warriors got back in the game uh, leading into leading into halftime. And um, Mateo ultimately found Locke, who uh, sent Billy Tupo in to score the try. 
Second 40. Terrible start again for... Uh, I was going to say... Fucking, Poor old dragon. I was, was, was going to say it. I was going to say it. Fucking shoot me in the head right now. Okay. Uh, terrible start. Um, ben Cray lost the ball, as Ben Cray is known to do. Uh, mm. However, the Warriors were kept out on this occasion. Second half, the first points uh, went to the Dragons. Darius Boyd scored off his own grubber only eight minutes in. Jamie Soward added the extras, and the scores were level. Five minutes later, Dragons took the lead when Soward did what Sowers do and hit a penalty goal over. 57th minute, Jason Nightingale strolled over, scored a try. Soward added the extras from way out wide, and it was an eight-point lead to the Dragons, and they were well and truly on top. However, 70th minute of the game, Felini Matteo managed to find a way through, scored a try, converted by Maloney, who had a shit game, I'm just going to be honest. Matteo must have stopped hanging out with Inu, right? Well, I mean, you know... Fuck, he's coming strong. <laughs> also, you're saying that Inu was the one that made Felini shit when he was playing shit. They're hanging out too much. Well, they're not hanging the out now because, I mean, drinking, you know... They're at the eels, rather. Drinking carver, whatever that is. Yeah, but I mean, not hanging out now because now now Chris and all his mates play for the Vulcans. He doesn't know anyone in first grade. Like, Dear bro, you're not cool enough to play first grade anymore, bro. Got to play for the Vulcans. Can't hang out anymore. Got to move out to the shed. Yeah, good for my career, bro. <laughs> if you can call it that. <laughs> <laughs> you lost it. I love it. I did. I did. Uh, where were? I'm just Fuck trying to. I mean, where were we? Okay, they were two points behind. Seventy fifth minute, Dean Young forward pass about halfway down the field. It gave the Warriors a great set uh, to have a final crack, even though they're only two two points behind. But the Dragons they recovered, got some good field position, and. Uh, Got a couple of penalties, piggybacked them downfield, and uh, Jamie Soward right on full time did as Jamie Sowers do and took two point penalty off one. Took of them. the two. 26 points to 22. <laughs> it's totally random. But I remember, I don't know if it was earlier this season or late last season, when our little friend uh, at Soul Ranch, yes. co host of the uh, award winning podcast, Two Blacks Talk About Sport. Um, he, put, he tweeted something along the lines of, um, I finally worked out what Jamie Soward writes on the on the tape that he puts around the wrist. You know how some plays yep, like yep. talk or tackle or yep. some stuff. simple some simple message that yep. they could reiterate as they're playing. Stuff. <laughs> Jamie Soward writes take the two on his wrist tape. <laughs> oh, I love it. I think I think Wayne Bennett's actually had him hypnotized. <laughs> so he's got like, you know, like post hypnotic suggestion. There's like, you know, constantly his voice in his head's going, Take the two, take the two, take the two. <laughs> I reckon if Jamie Soward ever you know, when they had a Matty John show and they used to like go to the Oh, sorry, even the footy show and they used to go to the players' houses and stuff. I was gonna say, don't assume don't assume that it, that I know what happened on the Matty John show. <laughs> don't assume that anyone ever watched the Matty John show, all right. <laughs> Imagine to go to Jamie Soward's house and he's like, oh, here's my uh, Pomeranian. Yeah. His name's Take the Two. <laughs> and here's my cat in the hat. What else you got? Hornby. Does he oh. normally take kickoffs? I don't know, but I mean, he, he certainly kicked off at the start of the game like a guy that's never taken one before. Fuck. And even when the first one, okay, you know, mistakes can happen. The first one goes dead. Why would you do the exact same thing second time? You know, play it safe. I don't know, maybe aim for the sticks, you know? 
maybe you know maybe just kick it forty go to fifty meters. Off. Who knows? Go the short kick. I mean. Jesus. I thought maybe Sauer wasn't 100% right, and that's why his Hornby was taken, but Sauer still take the kick of goals. And Sauer's not 100% right, but it's all mental. <laughs> <laughs> He's a rock star. Although, I mean, he in at this stage at, of the year, though, he looked better. if Jamie Sauer really is a rock star, yeah. the way he's been going, yeah. Rudy Hilarisel. Yeah. Twin towns. Twin, <laughs> twin town. A twin. <laughs> maybe the Calenvale Hotel. Mansfield Tavern. Mansfield that, that Tavern, level? I love it. <laughs> Rock Arena, or what they call it, the Mansfield Tavern. <laughs> Darius Boys is roadie. I love yeah. it. Kevin Locke still carves up against some of the best lateral defenders in the NRL. Mm-hmm. Stepped inside every single one of them, yep. and they had not a fucking hope in hell of laying a finger on him. No, and once he and once he pokes his head through, that's it. Yeah, shut the gate pretty Magnificent. much. Some of his most impressive work. I thought the Gaznia non-held call was a tough call against the Warriors, and. You mentioned it might have been a turning point. I really think it was. Certainly a turning point in the first half. I and mean, the Dragons yeah. were desperate to win that game, and that was a sniff that they needed to. Yeah, because it was, it was it was really obvious the way that they lifted yeah. after they got that first try. Having said that, the Warriors engaged the Dragons in a shootout and very nearly come out on top. Yep. Um, and that's a credit to their attack as well, but it's also an indication that the damage of the past few months has really done to the Dragons, and they're not even close to being the same side, despite yep. the fact that their fans are saying they're back and all the rest of it, they're not back. No. I, mean, I don't think many... This time, Dragons fans, I mean, like after the narrow loss to the Storm, they were like, oh, we're back. Yeah. This time, mostly, it's been a bit, you know, a bit more guarded, let's say. Yeah, sure. To be fair, if Tigers finish fourth, I'd much rather play the Cowboys. Yeah. I'd and prefer not to play the Dragons in week one of the finals. Yeah, and that's just what, to see how they go in the first week. And uh, we'll get to the previews later, but yeah, that's why I'm taking a very keen interest in the, the Cowboys yeah. Warriors game because uh, if the Cowboys lose that game, which is very possible the way the Warriors are playing, sure, that'll be mainly in the first round, which is a matchup I love. Yeah, out of all the possible matchups in the finals, well, I don't want to sound arrogant, but we fucking own the Cowboys. Yeah, and I, and I, I feel that's that's the most comfortable matchup I feel for mainly in the first round too. We own the Cowboys and their kids. <laughs> and it's looking likely in that case you'll probably get the Dragons yeah exactly yeah. which you know could be worse but I mean the Dragons would be feeling pretty good about that matchup I'm tonight, hoping to get down there yeah I'm hoping to like fly down fr- Friday come back Saturday sort of situation but yeah the fact that I have my in-laws here to do some work around Thanks the house and I'm going to be in Sydney at the footy yeah <laughs> not a good look but yeah I'll see if I can get over the line yeah yeah same I'm just I don't know if I'm going to be able to get this one through the committee Although I think, you know, qualifying and I mean, obviously we're already going to the grand final. So we'll get a couple of them anyway. Can I go to Twitter? You sure can. Salty. Warriors absolutely robbed. The no-held call in the first half changed the whole momentum. I think there were some other dodgy calls too. Don't disagree with that uh, 100%, I must admit. Certainly nothing. I don't know about the other dodgy calls. Certainly nothing is glaring, in my opinion. I mean, that, that, was, a, that was a massive a massive call, the, uh, the, the not-held call. Um, so yeah, other than that though, I think, you know, it was just the usual swings and roundabouts that you have. Uh, what do we got here? Dragon Punk 12. Nice to finally win again. It was the first step back for the Dragons. Morris's try was epic. Wasn't a fucking Superman die though. It's more like Greatest American Hero. <laughs> that, that's good, Paul. <laughs> Believe it or not, it's just me. That's it for Twitter on this game, I think. I mean, there's, there's a couple other dragon ones scattered, but I just can't... Let's move on to this next cracker, shall we? Well, another great game. Sunday, Brisbane Broncos, 22. 
convincingly unconvincing winners over the South Sydney Rabbitohs, 10. South got on the board first. Robert scored the try in just the second minute of play. He's fucking quick, that guy. He's very quick. He's been very good. Uh, in, on the, you know, he's like not really him. mentioned a lot in this run they've had you know, towards the end of the season, but he's been very good. I like him. Sandow got the conversion. Six points to nil. The Rabbits led. However, that was about it for South, <laughs> certainly for the first half, I think. Um, and Brisbane, uh, after getting some penalties and things like that, they started to hit back in the game. Um, a lot of errors in this game. A lot of errors from Brisbane as well, I have to say. It didn't play that great. Um, but in the 14th minute, Alex Glenn scored the try. Easy try, actually. And uh, the conversion from Corey Parker. The game was tied up 10 minutes later. Through one of the worst attempted tackles in the history of the rugby league. Yeah, he strolled. He strolled through. Who was uh, it that missed that tackle? Corrigan? Was it? Just strolled through. 10 minutes later, Jack Reed finally did something. Jesus. <laughs> I've been carry, carrying that <laughs> carrying that ranger through my fantasy side for the last couple of weeks and around the time when I got him I mean, the first couple of games I had him he was sort of getting 90 points he was sensational yeah. and then ever since you know he's kind of 30s and I was, if I had trades to get rid of if I had trades I would have got rid of him but unfortunately I didn't uh, however he did score a try on this occasion um, off a kick from Lockyer Corey Parker added the conversion from the sideline 12 points to 6 to the Broncos Lockyer made a pretty costly error uh Gave the Rabbitohs a uh, perfect opportunity to, to hit back on the scoreboard. And in the 29th minute, they did. Chris McQueen scoring in the corner. Sandow missed a conversion. Left South down 10 points, 12 points to 10. Sorry. Thiday, he scored the next try. Parker again from the sideline with the conversion. Half time, Brisbane led 18 points to 10. That was pretty much it for this game. <laughs> this game, really. That was all the action. I mean, the second half had all the mistakes of the first half and more. A um, couple of uh, controversial refereeing decisions. Um, not as controversial as I think Twitter made them out to be. Uh, Brisbane fans especially were calling for the head of uh, all the referees. Um, Greg Inglis. Uh, hobbled off the field with an ankle injury, which we now know to be a season-ending ankle injury. And what's the latest on that? Is he is he possible to get back for the test matches? Oh, or he's last gone? I heard, he's gone. Just gone, ski. He's gone. Okay, so that's the I haven't end. I've had any updates since then, but uh, in the 59th minute of the game, Brisbane they scored their try. Uh, ben Teo scored the try. Um, Parker missed the goal, but it was 22 points to 10 at that stage, and it was pretty Pushed much off all Dave over. Dale too. Yeah, and Dave, Impressive show of strength. Dave Taylor was an angry, angry man in this game too. I mean, if all the South players... He's got a bigger niggle in his game, hasn't he? No, he's got a lot of niggle in his he game. He could throw the ball at people. And, and unlike T-Rex, he's a guy that knows his size and like not afraid to, you know, well, you know he's a fat touchy. I mean, he's He quite, is, but he also, like, he's six foot 30, but he thinks yeah. he's fucking 10 foot tall and bulletproof. Yeah, yeah. Um, He looks like he ate Georgie Rose too. Massive. <laughs> he does. He uh, tried hard, though. Well, I that's thought. what I mean. If all the, if all the, I mean, yeah, he, he sort of played. I mean, you know, certainly I saw a lot of Broncos fans on Twitter saying, you know, oh, he was, you know, like he was a grub and, you know, he's this and he's that. But if the rest of the side had played with kind of his passion, might have been a different story. I mean, because they have been over the pre, over the last couple of weeks. This was a South team that came out, though, that... um, He didn't do anything really different to what he's been doing the past several weeks for South in the, in the games that they've been winning. But I think Brisbane handled him relatively well. And we mentioned it um, much the same as the Warriors with a couple of back rowers playing in the centres. Yep. T.O.'s probably got better footwork than Lewis Brown or Simon Mannering or whatever have. But yep. um, 
I, I think he was handled fairly well. Yeah, and uh, the game basically petered out. Uh, you know, players being rested and things like that. Sides clearly trying to avoid you know injuries with uh, all the Broncos. The last twenty minutes. Yeah, Broncos got fucking horrible. Yeah, but some of the Cancer worst. 20, inducing. Yeah, some of the worst twenty minutes of the season. But there's been a couple of passages through games this season like that. Um, if that was like Sharks in Newcastle or Parra in Newcastle, Newcastle yeah. Brisbane fans would have been, oh, this is the worst game in the history. Oh, I'm going to kill myself. Oh, I fucking hate this well, game. Well, they were in the Newcastle game last Monday night. They were saying that this is the worst game in history. So, I mean, they will they will call it. I'll give the Broncos fans credit for that. Um, but this one, yeah. I mean, the, the general sentiment seen here from Broncos, okay, that was shit. But we won, I guess. And, you know. Still alive, you know, let's do better next time, that kind of thing. Uh, final score, Broncos, 22.10 winners. I think South's run of, of enterprising attack and, and general brilliance has probably nullified somewhat the fact that Sutton didn't take the field in this game. and He was a key part of the, of the run that they were having. It's funny to say that, though, isn't it? It is. To think after, like, you know, earlier in the season, the things we were saying about Sutton, because of the fact that he was non-existent. I think there was a few con- contributors, the fact that... Um, Sutton, Inglis, and Taylor were all operating on that side of the field. They seem to have that combination going. Yep. Inglis with his footwork and his fan Taylor um, with his wide runs, you know, on the Trampling fringe. wingers. Sorry? Trampling wingers and touchies alike. True. And then Sutton, you know, with some selective passing and, and Sandow inside all of that, generally carving up week to week. Yep. Um, I think it was one of those situations where... With the exception of Sandy, those three guys were, um, you know, as a combination, it was greater than some of its parts. I yeah. don't know that Sutton was like head and shoulders above every player on the field or, or Inglis was that or, or Taylor was that. When you put them all together as a combination with what, you know, the respective strengths that they brought to it, it made it really formidable. Yep. Um, and then as soon as you take Sutton out of that, it's, it's losing a massive chunk of yeah. of what it is. So yeah. um, they really missed him and... and that late stage of the game, I think Brisbane were were really there for the taking, and if if that combination had have been in effect, then I think South yeah. might have rolled them. And if they could have got that one try to get them within yeah. six, you know, because can't forget as well that a lot of South's wins over the last little period have been late comebacks to snatch games. So, yeah. um, despite his patchy form this season, I think Inglis's injury really diminishes that intimidation factor that South have built up on that left edge over the last few weeks with those games that they've been winning. and um, He was really their only reliable attacking option. And I think we saw in this game, he was rel- relatively quiet based on his last couple of weeks where he was, he was more heavily involved. But there was a point in the, in the game shortly before he got injured where he started to take things in his own hands. And there was a couple of times where he even got the ball tossed to him. He was flat-footed and... You know, next thing he'd busted a couple of tackles and was poking his nose through the line, and um, it looked like he he wanted to take things into his own hands. But it wasn't long after that, and he got injured, and he was off. And now yep. he's gone. They're going to have to do without him. Mm-hmm. Um, so right, right at a time when he was only coming into his own too. Like yeah, he's, he's, he was, he's played good games, but now he just seems to be like the last sort of what? Yeah, month and a half. No coincidence. It was because he was starting to look a lot fitter too. So, yeah. um, this was an ugly, ugly game, and I think Broncos. They really were there for the taking, and mainly probably because after after Reed scored his try, and that made it whatever it was twelve ten. Yeah, twelve ten. Yeah. They never really got out of neutral. No. You know the TA try was pretty um, pretty run of the mill. Sam Thorday just 
caught the ball and pulled pulled three blokes over the line with him. And yep. um, but in the end, it was enough to get over South on the day. So that's it. Now, what do we got on Twitter on this one? Garbs nineteen eighty five. He was in there instigating straight after the game. Said uh, it's like Brisbane catch like teams. Like do. Yeah, it's like Brisbane catch teams on their worst day. It wasn't a battle of who can win. It was a battle of who can lose. What's crazy said here? If we can win a game playing shit quality football, imagine what we can do when we actually play to potential. Well, that's the trick, isn't it? You got to do it. And he said, in other words, it was another calamity, calamitical, win from the Bronx. But he'll take it. That's a Broncos. Yeah, he'll take it. That's a that's a Broncos fan um, telling it how it is about uh, his team's performance. So uh, can't argue with that. Moving right along, finally. Monday night foot bitch. West Tigers, 39, smashed the Gold Coast Titans, 10. Well, what to say about this game? It was a game, it was a game of two... What do you say, mate? Let's was, get into it. It was a game of, game of two halves. First half, all Tigers. Um, all Benji Marshall, really. Not even Tigers, just all Benji Marshall. Uh, started off with a line break <laughs> to get Utah to score the try with his fucking stubby little legs. It was like watching a dwarf try and score. I can't, I can't believe... I mean, I can't believe someone didn't run him down because he just wasn't making any ground at all. The legs were pumping, but he wasn't moving. In any case, he scored the try. Um, they scored again to extend their lead in the 15th minute. Uh, and then uh, they scored another couple of tries. Uh, what was it? In the 20th and the 33rd minutes. Uh, Ryan Marshall and Blake Ashford scoring the tries. Um, Benji added three out of four of the conversions. And after a consolation try late in the half to Mark Minicello, the Tigers led 22-4 at half-time, and it could have been fucking anything. I mean, at that stage, it looked like it was going to be 70. But the Gold Coast, they tried, I mean, at least for a passage of, you know, 10, 20 minutes in the second half. They did try and sort of aim up and uh, get a bit more passion in there and try and get themselves back in the game. And uh, they did score first in the second half. Mead scored the try, and uh, Preston Campbell added the extras, 22-10. And intercept when the Tigers were looking dangerous. Benji missed on passing. Yeah, yeah. As Benjis can do sometimes. Yes, not as much as Jared Haynes, but um, you know, it can happen. Um, the Titans really started to lift after that try and try to get themselves back into the game. They almost scored, uh, I think it was Zillman. He was cut down and sort of held by a couple of players. And when the replay, the referees just didn't pay any notice to how close he came. And the replays, yeah. after the play had moved down the field, the other end of the field, they sort of showed it. And he was like, what, a centimetre from the line? Um, great call from the rest. Great call, great call from the rest, but I mean, geez, letting it go like that without looking at it. And imagine if he had to touch the line. Yeah. I mean, well, wouldn't who would have cared? It was it was it was West Tigers' home game. The crowd would have shut up and said, "Okay, we got away with that one." <laughs> the uh, Tigers then they basically uh, got back into gear again, kind of met the Titans' challenge, got over the top of it. I mean, as they should have. I mean, because all in all, the Titans were very poor in this game. I agree. Um, Lottie, he got a try. Of course, he did. Moulton got one. Like Lottie Takiris do. And, uh, and Hyington got a try as well. Uh, what was I going to say about Lottie? Of course, Lottie again, potentially injured. What's the verdict on, on that? He's all right, mate. He's all right. Just He's precautionary. Just precautionary? Hope so. No doubt about it, he was going to score a hat trick if he hadn't have, if he hadn't have been off. Well, there was no doubt in my mind. Yeah, yeah. In, um, your, in your mind, no doubt about it at all. I mean, I know the listeners were thinking the same thing. So it's very, un- very well, unfortunate. I've educated them over the last two seasons as to what to expect when the great man's on the field. <laughs> uh, the results funny. speak for themselves, Nathan. Yeah. Uh, final. Quietly, very quietly spoken results. But <laughs> Benji, uh, he got he got to sit down on the uh, on on the massive chairs early. Um, 
I presume, uh, to preserve him. Um, he's probably because he was buggered after, after playing so much footy in the first half. hark back to last week. Yes. And the Tigers' power game. Yes. And they showed that there is receipts on the sideline. Yeah, yeah. Surely Gus Gould has been doing media and commentary long enough that he doesn't have to sit there and say, who's Isri? Who are they? What do they do? <laughs> oh, fuck. That's not, you know, you do that, you do that off air. Pull out your iPhone. Yeah. I can look it up, mate. God knows we do it every week. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, sometimes, I mean, there's times when we go, well, where that guy? Yeah. That was, that was, <laughs> do it on air. Yeah. But, oh, just do a bit of research. Yeah. For the money he must pull from Channel 9. Don't tell me that they haven't tried to offer their seats to Penrith. Yeah. They probably got a proposal into every fucking club. And good quality seats too, is he? So they do anything special? They like massage chairs? Heated? Oh, they do. Or they do like truck super comfortable. Super comfortable truck seats, earth moving machinery. Okay. That sort of stuff. There's like seat heat, heaters and all that sort of stuff you can get. Yeah. Um, it's full like lumbar supports and yeah. air compressors and all the rest of it yeah. in them to pump them up and air ride suspension seats. So, okay. Um, I don't think the Tigers' seats are air suspension or anything, but they're very impressive. They might be heated though. I mean, given you know most of the seasons played in the winter and I doubt they're heated. Yeah. It's padded chairs. Let's not get carried away. <laughs> <laughs> Missed opportunity for mine. <laughs> Farah, right on full time, kicks field goal to make the final scoreline: thirty-nine points to ten. Should have been fifty nil. Really. Should have been fucking seventy nil. The yeah. way I mean, especially the way the Titans played in the first half. I mean, they weren't. They were just weren't there. And Benji, At every all. time he ran the ball, he made a break. Yeah, pretty much. Like how they didn't. I mean, how they and there didn't was score two, one hundred percent line breaks. Yep. One pass went to ground, and two he got tackled and dropped the ball. Yep. Really, you know, people are starting to talk about our soft run into the finals. This was a game where. You know, it was a fucking training run. Yeah. And we could have run anything past them. If not for Preston Campbell um, and Matty Srama and Minicello in patches, Yeah, there was little to no resistance from the Titans. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. I mean, you see a score like that. I mean, the first half, Benji played fantastically well. But overall, I mean... You know, the Tigers. I mean, how happy are they going to be with the performance? I mean, there was a lot to there was a lot not to like about it. Given, I understand, given that. the quality of this. I mean, I honestly think their mindset at the moment is, and and they've said this much publicly, is we just need to get the two points. We just need yeah. to win, yeah. and that much I'll take. Yeah. And we saw last year where they did have a couple of losses at the back end of the season and went into the finals and and really exploded in that Roosters game and played some of the best footy that they've played all year. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping this is going to happen enough. again. Sorry? You don't want that to happen because it wasn't enough. Well, it wasn't enough, but we got done by a point in a qualifier. What are you going to do? Sometimes you just yeah. got to put your hands in the air and say, well, we'll just win the enough. next three comps. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I just think that in, in 2011, the Titans just aren't very good at rugby league. I hope it's a rugby league. <laughs> and, oh, gee, what odds next week to go into Golden Point and the Yields to lose it? Nil all. Yeah, nil Parrot all. Parrot doesn't go down 1-0. Nil. 1-0 one nil, one nil to the, uh, the the Gold Coast. Uh... We should get that um, South American commentator <laughs> when um, Greg Bird kicks the inevitable field goal to win it for the Titans in Golden Point. 
to take out Spoonapalooza. Yeah. 2011. And that guy, you know, <laughs> go. We need to get him. It's bound to be one nil. Yeah. What What happens if it's a nil all draw? After Golden Point, they get who gets the uh, spoon there? Well, Para will because Titans are one point ahead of him on the table. Ah, okay. Yeah. So, so it's 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 winner takes all. You know, because it, you know either way, Titans will either put the Eels miserably three points back, or the Eels will shoot over the top of them and uh, take it by one. Benji could have done anything in the first thirty minutes. Uh, he could have literally untouchable. Just, it's great to see him like that, and and certainly the run that he made just for the Tigers to score their first try. Um, he skipped down the blind side. It was only a couple of metres of work, but Mead had his back appealing to the referee that played and walked off the mark. Then yeah. he took advantage and skipped straight past him. When a player's going to learn that shit. Yeah. I mean, it's all like, you know. Pretty alert, just... uh, I must admit, from Benji, but um, Mead is one of the quickest blokes on the field. He, yeah. And by the time he realised what was going on, Benji was gone, so. It just goes to show how much he was bitching to the referee and not concentrating <laughs> on what was going on because, I mean, you know, Mead, you know, give anyone a 10, a 10 metre start and it's still probably He'll shut the gate down. with Mead, yeah. And that was evidence in his um, in the intercept he took. Yep, <laughs> he just ambled to the line, and still no one made any ground. Yeah. Yeah, he looked like he was doing that part, you know, where they sort of slow down at the end to put the ball down. He looked yeah. like he was doing that from about thirty meters out. What about Maltzen's put down? Oh, that was Sheenzy comical. Will absolutely berate him for that. I reckon you just know that he's going to be the laughing stock of the side for that. And they do the video session this week. He's just going to absolutely cop it from all quarters. I don't know if you saw, but when they actually um, finally awarded it and both trainers were there, yeah, um, I think it's General and Andrew Leeds were there, Peter General. I might might have that wrong. Anyway, both trainers were there. And um, they're both like more so the guy whose name I think is Peter General was giving him a bit of a talking to and he was like yep yep I know so he's obviously giving yeah. him a spray um, and then Leesy gave him the water bottle and he's taking a drink and he actually made a point of looking over to the sideline and putting his hand up the sheets and going oh, sorry mate <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that would have spared him Sheezy's wrath that's for sure and it's just it just it's looked, pretty sheepish in his interview yeah, at and the it just, end of the game so. and at the end it looked like he sort of planted it down pretty comfortably it just looked really bad because of the way he sort of he sort of flicked up in the air and afterward the, and then his reaction after that especially like, with yeah. Luke Bailey going nuts going he didn't ground he didn't ground what's well, the thing I mean that when they end up giving it Panicked. on that they end up giving it on that sort of reverse angle because it kind of looked like it hit the, it looked like he grounded at that angle but when they showed it from the him you know the angle you know, the front-on angle yeah. wasn't. Didn't look like it touched the ground at all. So wasn't convincing at all. Was it? I mean, it could have been some interesting shadow work, and you know, just yeah. the angle like that that actually got that try awarded. Well, uh, I thought Matty Srama played a lone hand for the Titans, and he was trying to wheel them back in the contest. Yeah, which is a, says a lot for a young boy. Yeah, Pre- Presto was um he was a bit absent. I thought for much well, of the game. There was a couple of times where he did inject himself, and Tigers didn't have any answers though. Yeah, so I'm glad yeah. he didn't do it more often. Yeah. Um, I don't have much else to say. He's, about he's game such a know. talent, though, Matty Srama. Oh, and like so dynamic out of dummy half, it's fantastic. I mean, I love and, and you think and you think about like you know they've unearthed uh, you know Ryan James, who's you know since been injured, but I mean Srama has to be pretty much the Titans' rookie of the year. Oh, hundred percent. Just like fucking incredible. I mean, he'd be making a charge at the overall rookie of the year if he had to start the season a little bit earlier in first grade. I mean, just I think Dale's got that one, hasn't he? Yeah, Dale's got it. Oh, they renaming it to the daily the, the daily M's. <laughs> in in memory, in memory. Of oh, we've his already con- had this conversation. In, in memory of his convincing rookie of the year win, you might get the uh, the Dale M rookie of the year. The the, the big awards, the Benji M. 
It had sure. to be. I mean, I can't remember. That should be the dominance. Well, it, we just have to have a look and see what the point situation was when they went underground. Because um, if Benji was within nine points of the leader, I'd say he's picked up a couple of three points and you know easily to clear At the least main. three. Given that Thurston had a couple of weeks off, you know he what had four or five weeks off Thurston. Um, four and now he's lost three points because he's suspended. Um, not to mention, I think that um, that with Cherry Evans being more. Um, I don't know, more visible. Prominent. Like his performances have been more spectacular. I think he might have been stealing some um, judging points off him as well. Who else is up there? Another one for the mantelpiece. Yep. To go with his one and only premiership he's ever going to get. And his Golden Boot Award. Golden Boot. And the award I gave him. Which is what's that? God. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what would Trevor Cogger think if he heard you saying that? <laughs> he would gladly step aside. <laughs> uh, let's go to Twitter. You got anything else to say in that game? No, I think I've said enough. Okay, cool. Now I'm going to try and find the stuff in the Twitter here. I like this one here from Ricky T87. He's gone, there's nothing better than having 10 bucks on West to win by 28. And then with one second to go, Louis slots a useless field goal. Thanks, fuckwit. The, the only issue I have that was that was that Robbie Farrah kicked the field goal and that Ricky was pissed before the game kicked off. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and then I like it. And I sort of like I just replied, just laughing, and he's like, "Yeah, fucking hilarious." <laughs> oh, Solzy, lucky Lottie went off. He was on his way to a hat trick in those last ten minutes. Damn straight. <laughs> Who else have we got here? Uh, I love this one that we got today from Matt the Hat Ninety Nine, and I don't have anywhere else to put it. So oh, I was, he said, "It shits me to say this. The longer you listen to TWI, the more you realise everything Nate said is pretty much spot on." Hash still hate Manly, and I was like whatever, you know, what made you say that? He's like, it's just in general. Like the call on Melbourne having nothing in attack without Kronk and Choke not being back because they came close to Melbourne. <laughs> and then he come, he chimed in about 15 minutes later. He must have been listening to the show as he was doing it. He said, I love the Betty White call too. Got a fan. Enjoy it. Yeah. Enjoy it a lot. Matt, I've, I've been a bit of a fan of yours in the past, but fuck, hasn't that come to an abrupt halt now? <laughs> Rapping Nate. It's fucking no no. We don't do that here. Yeah, what else have we got here? I think I think that might be all that might be it for that game. Once again, that was a game where there was a lot of chatter through the game, mm. but not so much, you know, sort of summary after after the game. I mean they're more like comments on, you know I'm sure Maltz copped an absolute fucking pasting for that <laughs> put down. Ridiculous. Um That's it. Round twenty five. Done. Previews for round 26, the final round of season 2011. And what a season it's been. It's been a great second season, hasn't it? I didn't oh, mean footy. us. I mean us. I meant the, fo- I meant the football. I didn't mean no, us. footy. Yeah, footy. Fairly yeah. mediocre yet again. It's great, a great second season of, because because football didn't exist before we started doing the show. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, it, was definitely, it definitely happened. I believe the West Tigers might have scored their only premiership during that period, actually. <laughs> 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 the BT era before this week in league kicks off this week anyway. Friday night. It's been football. a fun second season, albeit with mediocre content. <laughs> Friday night football game number one: St George Illawarra Dragons versus the Penrith Panthers. Uh, this one obviously has a big bearing on uh, where the Dragons finish this season. Dragons, no doubt, expected to win this game, and I fully expect them to win as well. 
Yeah, Luke Lewis comes in. and One week too late, motherfucker, isn't it? <laughs> if he had been in my side last week, I wouldn't have fucking lost my Supercage finals, would I? Jeez. Fucking useless prick. Anyone to think that you lost to me to knock you out of the... Con- oh, that's right. You did. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of five. <laughs> I wonder if... um, I wonder if the Panthers might turn it on. Well, one last little flurry for the season, and, and you know you want you want to play the role of spoilers. It's the last it's the last game with uh, George Arliss at the helm before he last... goes to the West Tigers as assistant coach. Yeah, what a massive demotion that is! Fuck and uh, <laughs> and Petro's last game. I mean, although I mean, I think they're pretty keen to see the back of him now <laughs> after he's been rabble rousing. Um, I guess he won't be writing any more columns for the local paper. Uh, no, I mean, fucking, who's proofreading that shit? I mean, we haven't mentioned that story, but I mean, uh, Mississippi and Seaver, I would imagine. Yeah, and, and it was it was uh, like the it was the members' news. It was like the it's probably like the one the the Seagulls news that you get when you go to a manly game, like a little. No, it was, uh, I think it was, was a local rag. Oh, it was a local rag. I thought it was a pen, like a Penrith, like a Panthers new, newsletter. It was actually just oh, Penrith because really? oh, it must have been a local rag then. Because I was thinking if it was a Penrith Panthers thing, who would be proofreading that and who would let that get through the committee? Amazing. In any case, Penrith had a had a pretty good spray on the way out uh, about you know the board and the fact that the board uh, should all resign yeah, or be sacked. That all the members should take the opportunity to vote the board out if they give a toss about the club. Very interesting. Uh, I've got to go to Dragons in this game. They showed enough against the Warriors. If they're going to um, do anything in the finals, they're going to be they're going to beat Penrith. And if they might be very good, given you know that they showed some indication that they remembered how to win last week. If they then go down to Penrith in the last game of the season. Yeah. I hope you play Or for naught. Or yeah. for naught. Um, it probably means we'll get them if that's the case because I think they may finish in the bottom two if they don't win. Well, they could get blasted out. One and done, motherfuckers. Friday night football, game number two. The Newcastle Knights versus the South Sydney Rabbitohs in a game that has massive ramifications yeah, we'll on the final composition. Yeah, we'll know all about the top eight by the time Friday night's over. Well... Except for one slim possibility. The equation is this. If Newcastle win, they're in. Oh, they've still got the Warriors-Cowboys game too, I guess. Yeah, well, if Newcastle win, they're in. If the Rabbits win, they're in, unless the Bulldogs beat the Raiders by, I think it's 40-ish, plus whatever Souths win by. So if Souths only have a close two-point or, you know, extra time win... And the Bulldogs can absolutely pour it onto the Raiders. The Doggies have a very, very slim chance of getting into the finals. I'd say, though, I mean, you know, sensibly thinking, this Friday night football game is going to be the one that decides the winner takes eighth spot on the ladder. Uh, Newcastle had been going had been going well and fighting hard. They had a Lost pretty three straight now. Pretty meek performance against the Broncos. Uh, terrible second half performance against uh, the Doggies. Doggies. If they can put their first half on the rabbits, they might be able to put it on them, especially the rabbits without um without Inglis. However, if they play their second half against the rabbits, then other way they'll get lapped. Um, Sutton comes back into the side. Inglis is obviously out, and I was just trying to look here. No, Roy Asatasi still hasn't been named, so. I don't know if he's going to be able to make it back for the finals. There was some talk that he was going to make it back for either last week or this week. I think that was talk from him, you know. Yeah. And, you know, players make outlandish claims. I mean, I saw an article with Jason King saying that, you know, he's 
training hard, you know, three weeks after he's had fucking pec surgery. I mean, there's no way he's back going back for Jeez. a grand final. <laughs> he's not playing till next year. End of story. I mean, why waste the print on it? I don't know. It's a hard one to pick because um, South have had the momentum sucked out of them by their poor effort last week. Knights ditto. I mean, because they always fought hard with the, you know, despite whatever troops they had on field, they always fought hard. But the, the way they capitulated in the second half. You know, the, of the deciding week, factor in this game is that A, it's at Osgrid, and B, it's Knights Old Boys Day. And do you think that that's going to be enough to inspire they the. They tend to lift for Old Boys, and they have a really good record. Maybe um, Joey can captain from the bench. Maybe or captain from the stands, like Newcastle captains do, and inspire them. Yeah, based on that, I know they've got a really impressive record on for old boys. So okay. I'm going to tip the Knights, which means I'll sneak into eighth spot. I'm happy. For, I'm, I'm happy. Pummeled in week one in Melbourne. Yeah, yeah. Whoever wins this game, I mean, it's basically a one way ticket to getting absolutely molested in Melbourne next week. But um, I think, well, you think that the Knights' defence. To me, if, I mean, I don't know if the statistics back it up. I admit it feels, you know, more solid than the Rabbitohs' defence. Mm. Obviously, the Rabbits have that X factor in attack that they can pull, you know, some spectacular tries off. But, um, you know, the Knights aren't, you know, I'm not going to say they're slouches. See, us remind me a little bit in in their point scoring and their attacking philosophy of the Tigers in 2005 in that if, if the opposition scores 30 points, we'll score 32. Yep. Not really that concerned about holding the opposition out. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, that took a bit of a dip last week. Yeah. Didn't know um, for him. That was certainly the case for the Tigers in 2005. They lost the last two games of the regular season, but they were still high enough up the ladder. Unfortunately, South don't have that little um, safety net. They've got to they've got to win at all costs. So, um, I'm just not sure they're good enough. No, no. I mean, the the great thing about this game is that. It's very rare where you see the two teams that are playing off for the one position have their destiny, their own control, and are actually playing each other for the position. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, that's so that's should make of, for a pretty willing contest, though. So. Exactly, exactly. Or well, if it doesn't, I mean, if, you know, they don't deserve to be there. True. Super Saturday game number one: the New Zealand Warriors versus the North Queensland Cowboys. And they should sort out fourth spot. Very important game this one. Uh, well, don't. Yeah, it was, yeah. If the Cowboys win, they can take fourth, can't they? Or the, was the Warriors that can take fourth? The loser, however, is going to wind up in seventh mm-hmm. and have to take on Manly. So I'm hoping for a Warriors win because, I really, as I said earlier, I really like the Cowboys as a matchup for Manly. Um, Warriors, though, uh, traditionally Manly go pretty well against them as well. But um, especially so you're hoping for the Warriors to win. Yep. So you can play the Cowboys. Yep. And I'm hoping for the Cowboys to win so we can play the Cowboys. Yeah, everyone wants to fuck up the Cowboys. <laughs> because let's face it, we're not, neither of us are going to be in first position and get the loserish South or Newcastle Funny, game. like, <laughs> that we're saying that, and, jeez, it might come up back and bite us on the ass. I just I just fancy the Tigers' chances against the Cowboys in Sydney. Yeah, and, and that's that's I fancy. That's saying something, considering they're argu- arguably the best player in the world playing for him. In Jonathan Thurston, but yeah, but you know they can't win with him in the side anymore. <laughs> they forgot how to play with Thurston. Is there Achilles heel? JT. I mean, let's face it, they were winning plenty of games when he wasn't there. I, mean, I just wonder when Neil Henry's going to hook him. <laughs> you know, for the betterment of the side. I mean, you know, they're oh, only gonna... now you're just now you're just being a dick. If they finish in seventh, they're only got one shot in the finals. He's a fucking champion. <laughs> yeah, he is. But I mean, they're struggling. They're struggling to life with JT at the moment. They really are. It's funny to bring up the fact that they won three games out of four while he was out. That's all. That's what I'm saying. I mean, like they they've won more without him than they've with him over the last two months. Um, now Warriors at home, 
Um, Cowboys obviously aren't the liability when they travel that they no. you know that they were in their past. But you know the Warriors aren't too bad at home this year. And New Zealand, I mean, you know, it's a long trip. Uh, and the Warriors and the Cowboys, sorry, while they're not the easy beats away from home that they used to be, they still aren't a, what you'd call a strong, you know, away side. No, I wouldn't say they definitely do take a dip on the road. But Warriors, rabid crowd, chance to improve their position on the ladder. Tough one. I want the Warriors to win on that basis. I'll tip them because they played solid. They played solid against the Dragons. Yeah, I'll go against you. And I ca- want the Cowboys to win, so I'll, I'll, I'll go to Cowboys. <laughs> so basically, we're not basing on anything other than what we want. Yeah. Super Saturday game Isn't number that what two. Nice about Nathan. <laughs> Super Saturday game number two: Cronulla Sharks versus West Tigers at the Vortex. Dean Collis comes into the side, guaranteeing a Tigers victory. The X Factors, the Vortex on a Saturday night. We'll be right, mate. There's going to be 6,000 staunch Sharkies fans at this game. They're going to absolutely give it to the Tigers. And remember late in the season when the Tigers just scraped the win over the Sharks? Well, I think about two, and it was a ridiculous disallowed try. And, uh, that was last year. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this time last year, in fact. Not last round, but it was like maybe third, getting, third last yeah, round. It was, towards, it was getting towards We always the tend to play Cronulla towards the end of the season. I think it was the year before we'd be... Um, we were trying to put a late season run together to make the finals like West Tigers do. Every single and, year. <laughs> and um, Robbie kicked a field goal to win it in right at the end of the game or in Golden Point or something. Fuck, we were ugly. We were very, very ugly. Yeah. And Sheenzy was didn't like... Didn't help you get in the finals Sheenzy, you, though. I think at the time, Sheenzy was like, these are the sort of games that define your season and, you know, you've got to win these types of games if you've got hopes of making the finals. And, you know, the, we could really kick on from this. We got fucking thumped by about 30 next week. Yeah. <laughs> and that <laughs> was the end of our And season. that was the end of that, finish nine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, the West Tigers, I mean, you, surely they're going to win this game. Surely they're going to win. I think we'll make a statement in this game. Oh really? So you're gonna so finally. I think they'll put eighty minutes together. You had a whole you had a whole season. You're gonna make the, the the first statement in the round twenty six. So what are you gonna say? Fifty? The statement will be, no one wants to play us next week. That's what the statement will be. And what's the statement? Oh look, Nathan, I don't like to put numbers on these things. But, but you usually you do know. if I prompt you to. Well, and and today it will be no different. Oh, <laughs> I'll say, you know, forty eight. Two. No, no, it would be like 52, 52 to 4. 52 to 4. All right, there you go. You heard it first. Get on the Sharkies. If they've got, the Sharkies. If you, if, you, if you can get a custom line like that on the Sharkies, take it. Super Saturday. <laughs> you reverse. Well, no, I'm just saying if they can give, if you can get the Sharkies a 48-point start, <laughs> take it. <laughs> it's a good bet. Super Saturday, game number three, Gold Coast Titans versus Parramatta Eels. A game where I and several other viewers... Yes, Things not myself. Good. Unfortunately, I will be having some Father's Day festivities on the Saturday night, given that it's Jackson's birthday party on the Sunday. Yeah, and I'll be doing Father's Day on the Saturday, going down the footy Saturday night, and to Jackson's birthday party on Sunday. Yes. And uh, footy on Sunday. And footy on Sunday <laughs> afternoon. Um, Busy weekends. Massive weekend. Uh, there's a big group going down, about 20 people uh, going down to this game. Sweet Jesus. And yeah, it's a shame cu- I won't be there. A couple of Eels fans. Kyle go? Uh, yes, he is. And his entire family. So, what I'm going to do is put together some sort of uh, wooden spoon, <laughs> slash tarred crown or something, you know, dunce cap or something. And I have a feeling that if the Parramatta Eels lose this game, then I shall be presenting it to Kyle as a representative of uh, Parramatta Eels. <laughs> and uh, should the should the Titans lose, I may even be able to present it to the big man Choppy himself. 
Magnificent. <laughs> if he's keen for it. Um, of course he'll be keen for it. He's a good sport. Choppy wouldn't let us down. I mean... Would you chop? If it wasn't for Monday night, you know, the Titans weren't looking bad before. You know, they, they were okay last week. You know, they they were okay the week before. Parramatta Eels are always okay, but they just can't quite get over the line to win. It's that skilled, but I mean, it hasn't exactly been a fortress for the Titans, so that's not a factor. There will be a lot of people... You know, so there'd be a bigger than average crowd, I would imagine, given that it's Preston's last game. Yeah, and also there's a, there was a deal going for the Titans members getting an extra two tickets for free. So they obviously want to pack it out because it's a lot, it's a final game for Presto. Um, it's an opportunity to say goodbye to, to Nathan Friend, although he won't be playing. Uh, Anthony LaFranchi is his last game for the Titans. So there's a couple of guys that they want to bid farewell to in style. Jeez, it's hard. It's I just yeah, the Titans. It, everything points towards the Titans win, but Parramatta, you think of the opposition they've played in recent times, they've played some solid teams and just lost, or, you know, they've played some shit teams and lost too. But, um, I just Jeez, want... you make a convincing argument for the Eels. <laughs> I know, it's just... Titans 1-12. to 12. Yeah, the, the Eels just, they, they they feel like they're a more con- more consistent side, but, I mean, let's face it, if the Gold Coast turn up like they did on Monday night, and there's the Monday night hoodoo because you know with the short turnaround because it is a Saturday game. Yeah, true. That could stand in uh, Parramatta's favour. Uh, I'd like to. I'd, I'd, I don't like to take sides on you know neutral games like this, but I'd like to see the Titans win. Um, just for the sake of press, though. Yep. I mean, if Heine was going to retire after this game, I'd be on the Eels. Sure. But he's going around next year, so I think for the sake of press, though, I hope I the hope Titans Preston win. Preston gets a nice, nice send off and plays a good game. Maybe gets a try and. Uh, Gets to hand the eels a wooden spoon, and that's not to say that, like you know, I want the eels to have the wooden spoon. I mean, the fact is, I mean, it's just. If hey, it's I don't want to see Rennie Matu with a wooden spoon. That's his choice. He could have gone anywhere. But there's a little part of me that wouldn't mind seeing Jared Hayden with a wooden spoon. Yeah, true, true. But then that means mantelpiece. But that means Heine gets a wooden spoon, and I see that. Yeah, the M medal on one spoon. side of the mantelpiece. Wooden spoon, balancing it on the other. Penthouse, gutter. Yeah. <laughs> Titans. Okay, Sunday football game number one. The Canterbury Bulldogs versus the Canberra Raiders. This is either going to be a massively exciting game full of second phase, third phase offload play, or it's going to be a dead rubber. All depending on how much the Rabbits win by. I mean, if the Rabbits win by less than 10, yep. expect the Dogs to come out. Ben Barber to get a... Hat trick. The Ottoman, the Ottoman, the Ottoman to set up about double. 400 tries. Um, and geez, this this game, I mean, doesn't hold a lot of excitement uh, initially because the doggies can sort of get up by 26 or something. And, you know, there's, you know, 25, 30 minutes to play in the game and they yeah. need like, and it gets down to the chance, you know, where like, you know, throw on three more tries and you're actually a chance of doing it. Then it might be very exciting. Um, I think the doggies will win. I'll uh, be definitely watching this game. Yeah. Can can't interest. Canberra are abysmal. Of course, uh, of course, the doggies are, would have to go in as favourite, uh, given their their recent form. They haven't been too bad ever since uh, they punted more. Canberra been atrocious all around. Mm. I, I can't I'm gonna see. go to dogs. I think the dogs convincingly. Whether it's convincingly enough is the question. Uh, look, it'll be, a, it'll be an impressive story if they get there, and I'm not going to um, wish ill upon them, but. Um, I think they'll win the game, but they might just come up a little bit short in regards to the finals. Sunday football, game number two, match of the round. The Brisbane Broncos versus the mighty Manly Sea Eagles. Great Manly side name this week. Who are you tipping in this one, mate? 
Well, honestly, I think given the occasion and the Darren Lockyer thing, and given the the manly players that are resting in quotes, I think the Broncos will get away with the game. However, after all the doom and gloom of all this, all the suspensions and everything that, I really like the look of the manly side that they're actually putting out there, given the players that they have missing. Um, Bure at five eight, an interesting selection. Yeah, I mean, well, he does play the game a lot, like um, you know, Glenn Stewart, um, and Glenn Stewart does play you know a sort of a five eight ish role out there on the right. Um, I think, you know, it might be a bit of smoke and mirrors and maybe, you know, Jamie Lyon might, you know, move into that position and Bureau might, because, I mean, he plays in the centres and he he fills in in the centres a lot, Bureau, so he could probably do that. Whether or not Desi wants to sort of break up the, you know, you know Jamie Lyon's been having a brilliant season out there in the centres, so whether he wants to kind of nullify that and uh, bring him a bit closer to the actual, I'm not sure. But uh, let's face it, I mean, you know, he won a premiership as a 5'8", so, you know, he can do it. Yeah. Um, forwards... Good forwards, you know, kids coming up. Uh, the Ranger, Daniel Harrison, he's uh, been brought up. I mean, the bench, they've got one person to drop off there, so I'm not sure who that will, what that be. Uh, well, they had Timmy on there too, didn't they? CUCU yeah. isn't on there, is he? Yeah. Really? Yep. We've got Vic Mauro, Daniel Harrison, George Rose, Tony Williams, Terence CUCU and Tim Robertson. Oh, okay. I didn't see CUCU on the initial one, I, and um, I'm pretty sure CUCU won't get a run because... Um, they're not missing. The, oh, well, There's actually, two to drop off, so. Well, having said that, I mean, CUC, I don't know what he's been doing in the Reggies this year, but um, I know when he was, uh, when Manly were, you know, using their Reggie side as the uh, Sunshine Coast Seagulls, he was killing it at 5'8 for uh, the Sunshine Coast Seagulls last year, so I guess he's a p- potential for that spot. I it's going to be a massive crowd. Locked yeah, his last full house. season game. Sold out game. I've got to tip the Broncos, mate. Yeah, no, I've, I've, I've fully expected them to win too. I mean, if it had been a full-strength Manly side, I would have tipped Manly to win. Um, there was word that Desi was going to rest uh, Watmo and Foran after last week's game, after they kind of sealed up the um, the position on the ladder. Uh, that hasn't eventuated. Obviously, Foran's had an enforced rest. Um, I still think that, you know, Brisbane are, are pretty much 1 through 17, as they have been of late. Uh, Justin Hodges won't be there, I don't think. That's probably the only key player they've been missing. Is that right? Is he back for the finals? Yeah, back for the finals, but I don't think they're going to risk him before the finals. And even this game, I wouldn't be surprised to see, you know, guys like Lockyer and that taking off for 20 minutes to go no matter how the game's going. Sure. You know, just to protect them for the finals. Um, I'd love to see... um, You'd expect them to do that. That's a logical move. Yeah. Um, Given Foran's uh, out of the side, it'd be good to see uh, how old Daly handles it. uh, Yeah, I think he'll go right. And he's, uh, I mean, because he stepped up massively over the last month. And um and Manly certainly aren't without a chance in this game. I mean I feel a lot better about it after I saw the team name than than I did you know kind of Saturday when you know all the doom and gloom and you know we haven't mentioned that we'll be there. Oh, we did earlier, but uh, yeah, we will be there. Manly functions. There? Yeah, there's a function actually it starts. It starts pretty early. The function I think it starts about one, so we'll still be finishing up at uh, Jackson's at one, won't we? True. Um, so I'll pretty much straight from there over, I reckon. Agreed. Hit the Caxton. Um, it's going to be uh, listeners at the Caxton as well. I mean, there's obviously a lot of listeners of the show support the Broncos, and they're going to be there. Uh, and we want to catch up with every single one of you, and even the, even the guys that uh, we haven't caught up with before. Get out there. We'll uh, try and catch make up sure. the Caxton. Hit us with a tweet. We'll come down have a drink. Yeah, I mean, I want to I want to try and aim to be there. Kind of, well, you know, no later than two, I guess. Yeah. If I can possibly swing it, um, and yeah. Won't be walking over to the stadium until, you know, 10 minutes before kickoff, I yep. reckon. And it is obviously a late kickoff to 4 o'clock. So. 4 o'clock, exactly. 
Okay, finally, Monday night footbitch. Sunday night footbitch. No, Monday oh, night footbitch. Oh, that's right. Monday night footbitch on Sunday night, given the uh, finals are coming up. Monday night. Monday night footbitch. City Roosters versus the Melbourne Storm. Uh, depending on the result on Sunday, could be an interesting game. Otherwise, I expect Melbourne Storm to win fairly comfortably. However, I think the equation is if Manly win, uh, whatever they win by... Uh, add that to whatever the Roosters win by, and I think if that adds up to 28, they can take first position. Wow. So uh, that's a big ask for the Roosters. Yeah, massive ask for the Although Roosters. Although they have been impressive the last few weeks. But. They have been good. I mean, I'm sure they'd love, you know, Braith's been, you know, Captain Clutch over the last couple of weeks. So I mean, I'm sure he'd love nothing more than to knock off the, you know, guys on top of the ladder. Because the Roosters now, when you look at their position on the table, I mean, they'll, they'll almost be sitting about 10th, you know, if they can get a win, which is kind of like, it totally whitewashes the calamity that their season was and, and, and says, wow, you know, they just missed out on the eight. Yeah. No, no, they just missed out on the spoon, but they had a good run at the end of the yeah, season exactly. to get them out of the danger zone. Um, I, I don't give them a lot of chance. Uh, the Storm are missing a couple of players, but they'll be hurting badly Cameron from Cro last week. Cameron Cronk. <laughs> Cooper That's Cronk. Uh, Cooper's younger brother who will be in the crowd watching his brother Cooper run around for the Storm. He comes back into the site. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Cooper Cronk. Comes back after his uh, injury causing him to miss the game last week. Pretty strong Melbourne side. Obviously, I expect uh, to see the storm. No though. revelation of the 2012 NRL season. Adam Blair. Uh, he's I he's gonna say Rochow. Sorry. I thought you were gonna say <laughs> Maybe he comes in to take Adam Blair's space. No. Maybe he does. Well, oh, maybe next season he doesn't come in this week. No, well, he's going to Newcastle next season. Rochow. Really? Yeah. We, oh, that's what we did mention that with. Yeah. Him. Yeah. Bennett. Making superstar out of him. That's yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, you got to you got to pick Melbourne. I agree. Okay, time for another edition of the Listener Mailbox. This week we've got uh, four messages, one from at Paraman1973, a couple from at Garbs1985, and I think the first one, or maybe second one, from Cruzy06, who, uh, as you would have seen tonight, uh, chipped in a lot on the tweets after games. Let's see what they had to say. Uh, yeah, hello, Twill Nation. Paraman 1973, just uh, giving you a quick call. Uh, one of my pet peeves, golden fucking point. What a septic tank of an idea this is. Fuck, I hate it. Never was a fan of it right from the start. For me, it takes away all the skill and basically turns a good game of footy, which it would have been up until that point, obviously, at the 80-minute marker, into a game of fucking chance. Yes, fans say it adds excitement, but to me, it's just a blight in the game. And yes, I'm feeling cheated, obviously, by, by a little bit worse than most at the moment after Parramatta have lost, I don't know, three or four fucking thousand games in Golden Point this year. Can anyone tell me why it is so bad to have the draw during regular season games? Anybody? Honestly, fuck. I mean, as a player, I'd rather drag my ball through broken glass than lose a game by some fucking up it, fluking and drop goal from 40 out after I've busted my ass 80 minutes. Seriously, fuck me. 
Uh, anyway, in closing, that's about it. I just thought I'd ring up and have a bit of a peeve over that. Uh, anyway, I'm looking forward to um, Saturday, meeting all the Tour Nation crew at the new Vortex Rugby League for the first annual Card Crown Cup Saturday night. Uh, hope you all get out there and we make it a really good night uh, and something that can um, be added as to one of the first for the 12th formation this year. And Choppy, my friend, you shall look good with a crown upon your head. Ciao. There once is a team called Parramatta whose captain's ass could not get any fatter. I would always compete, but never complete. It's hard to find a team that is shatter. Yes, I know the gallops come out with the punishments for the man the Melbourne brawl on Friday night. $50,000 to each club and a total of 10 players fined. David Gallup, I've always thought that prevention is better than cure and all of this could have been prevented if you kicked those sheep and pricks out of competition to halt in the Sully Cup last year. Have a brain next time, mate, and be proactive and get rid of these pricks. Okay, righto, this manly Melbourne thing on Friday night, um, I think we all knew it was going to happen, they were going to just fucking absolutely bash each other to death, but really, um, if the referees had any fucking brains between the between their ears, they would have fucking had that separation period where they sent Stewart off first, waited till Glenn Stewart uh, entered the tunnel and then sent Blair off. The dumbasses, what they've done now is fueled everything up and now about you know, 10 players are going to miss out on running into finals for their respective teams. Dumb fucking refereeing once again. Um, the NRL, yes, uh, the, what are they going to do with $100,000? Are they going to have a big party because they've just done this or what? Um, I agree with Brent quite wholeheartedly. If it's so fucking bad, why does the media and the NRL and everybody else keep fucking showing the fight over and over again? We all know it's fucking bad. Everyone got over it really quickly apart from some certain people in the media. Get over yourselves, you fucking morons. That is full time for episode number 63. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter, so follow at TWI League. During games, we'll let you know the match-specific hashtags to use as well, and you know, feel free to chuck a hash Twill Nation on your tweets as well. On Facebook, we're about 30 likes away from our target of 800 by the season's end, so go hard and help us get there. We only need like five or six a week until the grand final, and we've made it. We can smash that. We're running it close at the end. I mean, you know, not as close as South, but, you know. (laughs) (laughs) We uh, definitely need your help to get there, though. iTunes, keep the reviews coming. This week, had a great one from Troy underscore 79, who was also on Twitter and uh, threw a few few tweets in there. Brilliant podcast, five stars is the title. I've been listening to this podcast now for about eight weeks, and I can't get enough. 
I've gone back and downloaded every app from this season, which provides great entertainment driving to and from work. The only negative is that Nate is a manly supporter. Agreed. He finishes Go the Raiders. Agreed. You can enjoy being a manly supporter. Uh, winning <laughs> is uh, a concept foreign to the, to the Raiders fans this year, but it feels great. Website, become a member of the Mighty Tool Nation by signing up at thisweekinleague.com. Tipping, ESL tipping. Guess what? No change. The positions are sitting there. Rich the Tipster's number one, followed by the other one, who's 12 games back. So I think Rich the Tipster's got this one. Warrior Bunny sitting in third. Tiger Benji, a couple of games back from him. And then I'm a couple of games back in fifth, and you are in seventh. There's been no change in the ladder there for like four weeks. NRL tipping. Number one, many bulk wholesale changes in this game, in this uh, competition, I should say. Number one, Freak09 has taken the lead on a points decision from the leader who's been the leader for like three quarters of the season, Fabsy. She's both not choking at the end of the season, is she? Need a shish support again? I wonder. It makes you wonder. She's <laughs> she's dropped a place. He's gone up a place. I'm not sure why they deduced that Freak09 is number one. They're both on 148 points. However, it's obviously not alphabetical because this Freak is a you know, PH Freak. So I'm not sure what it is. Maybe it's... um comes down to those discriminator games. Something like that. I think it does. Yeah. Margins okay. and stuff. The so. margins. So uh Freako Nine's ahead on that. Number three, Bronco Ringo only entered the top ten, you know, a week ago. What? He's jumped another three places up to be in third. If anyone but me was running the comp, I'd and say it was rigged. He got he got a perfect round. Um he's six points off the lead. Another big mover this week. Up three places. Me. <laughs> I'm in fourth with the perfect round, one point behind. So I am seven points off the lead, and a perfect round gives you ten. So theoretically, if the top two people fall in a heap, I'm there. I can win the competition. I'm not eligible to win. Not going to happen. Booyah. <laughs> oh, I'm going to log in and change everyone's tips. I'm going to win this motherfucker. Good luck with that. Number five, dropping two places this week, Bobby Bronco, tied with another number five, S. Jack V, who's been in the top four all season. He's dropped out of the fourth Very position. Consistent, but... And uh, 138. Fade out. So um, I, I, I have a feeling that um, these people who didn't get perfect rounds uh, all tipped the storm. And says you're fucking right. <laughs> <laughs> You've made a massive move. You jumped up one spot to 26th. Of course I did. Late season charge. You, oh, might, look. you might even ca- you might even crack. I finish ninth. You reckon? You, you might finish in the top 25 if you're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, don't forget to enter the Jabra Finals Fantasy Competition. It is free to enter and you can win, win a it. date with Sven, allegedly. Yeah. Asterisk. But, but even better than that. May not actually be with Sven. You can win yourself a Bluetooth wireless Jabra Sport headset. <laughs> that's what they're called? Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly what it's called. Why were you stuttering over that? I was just, I was kind of thinking about Sven. I was kind of, yeah, I was. I was blown away by Sven and uh, the, the sun reflecting off his plastic hair and burning my retinas. <laughs> so shiny um, but yeah get in there it's free to enter uh, bit.ly b-i-t dot l-y forward slash twill fantasy t-w-i-l fantasy no that's not me it's actually the competition now um, get amongst the goodness Jabra yeah. it's Norwegian for this week in league good odds two prizes a week it's not really what's that Jabra Norwegian for this week in league no it's 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 Norwegian for Awesome competition with great chances of winning if you fucking sign up. Fuck, Norwegians. They're very concise. They can, they? they can get a, they can pack a lot into one word. Pack a lot of meaning into word. one word. Jabra. Exactly. So get on it. Um, and I'll 
Oh, should, we should check what the what the figure was. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll check after we turn after we stop recording so that we can see uh, the influx because the competition's going to start. You're going to have to be signed up. I think you're going to have to be signed up. Well, not by the end of this week. By the end of next week, before the first round of the finals games yeah, exactly. kick off. Before the first round, of that's when you're going to have to have your team finalised. And um, I would urge you to do it the sooner the sooner the better because. Um, it's really hard to get seven decent players into that $1.4 million salary cap. I did mine, got about five players in there. I was like, fuck, reset. <laughs> <laughs> it just can't be done. I mean, I may not be able to field the team. <laughs> but anyway, get in there, sign up, win prizes. Awesomeness. I don't have anything else. And support this week in league, which is your primary objective in life in general. But also not only supporting us, but supporting our sponsors who support us. And give us stuff. Yeah. Because they like us. And they exactly. think that we've got interesting things to say. Yeah. Sponsors may never have actually listened to this show. They say they say they have. But I find it hard to believe because they're really, cause, <laughs> I cause, find it because they're, they're really positive and they're like, Oh, we love what you said. And they're like, Yeah, I mean, you know, Sven was copping it a bit. <laughs> That's right. He's got thick, it's thick okay. skin, that Sven. It's okay. It's made out of fucking plastic. <laughs> it's okay, Sven. <laughs> Sven has a thick skin made of plastic. <laughs> oh, Sven doesn't listen. Sven doesn't listen. He's too busy looking sexy. <laughs> Just on uh, one clo- closing note, we are cooking up something behind the scene that's going to blow your mind and it's coming very, very soon. We're possibly one week away from unveiling it and no, it is not T-shirts, but they are coming. Yeah, and with T-shirts, um, just an update on the T-shirts. Printers come back to us with the T-shirt design that we have created. Before cre- our plans, have, those pesky printers. The T-shirt design that we have created is too complicated for the printer to make. So, Which is ridiculous. Yeah, so basically um, we, we know the areas that we need to change, so we're just going to simplify it and uh, uh, get it back to them and uh, they'll be pumped out straight away. So they went to production... And we're rejected. <laughs> yeah. Due apparently, to excessive awesomeness. Apparently, uh, yeah. You know, there's there's certain places that, you know, these guys can't print. So, uh, it is what it is. Crazy we're, times. And we push through. But we've got some exciting stuff coming up for the finals. And uh, stay tuned. It's going to be awesome. And we'll all look resplendent in our This Week in League dot, dot, dot. <laughs> I thought you were just gonna fucking give it all away. Then I was looking, I was looking at, I was looking at, I was like, "What are you doing, man?" (laughs) (laughs) Fuck, people are gonna go wild though when they get this week in league undies. Got to be. (laughs) (laughs) You took my joke away. You got to be an early bird to get get the uh, news about the this week in league G strings out of. Oh wait, (laughs) (laughs) we'll cut it out in post. It's cool. All right, see See you you next week. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. 
Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.